This is an audio-only podcast taken from a Twitch live stream, so some content may not make sense outside of its live environment, and there may be short breaks in the audio. To watch the full live talk show, please visit www.twitch.tv forward slash hi7ch. doing the hitching post podcast go which may or may not stay as a title and may or may not ever happen again uh basically we each have hopefully uh, a topic a piece and we're going to talk and i'm going to time it for 30 minutes and by the 30 minutes is over we stop it's over it's done with so well we're going to talk for 30 minutes so you don't have to talk for 30 minutes but you talk about a subject then we discuss it and you envelop Right. Develop. You have, Sorry, you have to be involved. done talking about the topic. If I know, yeah. when I would have got like a PowerPoint but, speech ready. But, but when, <laughs> when, when, when this goes off, when this buzzes on my wrist, I don't care what you're saying. I don't care if it's important or not. It's going to be not one of those um, rule eight things. You're just going to stop talking. Okay. <laughs> so yes. So I'm going to start because we're going from me to Cola to Ian. Um, me to Kiefer to Ian to Dan. Or Hitch to Cola to Pixels to Grey. You decide which names you prefer. It all gets really confusing. Um, there's the bozos. I wish I wish I was a bozo. I'd have twenty billion dollars right now. Or is it two hundred billion dollars? Two hundred billion. Yeah. I always wanted to play that little bucket game at the end. It looked like a lot of fun. They kind of had those in arcades for a little while, like okay, Bozo that... the Clown. I'm lost. Oh. <laughs> No, no. Do you guys clue. not know who Bozo the Clown is? It must oh, be. Oh, right. I've, I've <laughs> heard of Bozo the Clown. But... I've heard of Bozo the Clown. Yeah, so it, used to be, it used to be on in the early mornings, and like the kids had to like toss like a, a ball into these buckets for points. I don't know. It looked like fun. Okay. Oh, what was it? Like a, a TV game thing? Yeah, like, like, a, like a, a game. Right. Yeah. yeah, we had some they had, they had kids on set. Three minutes streaming and I've lost control already. <laughs> talking about Bozo the fucking clown. You never had it. You never had it. It's true. It's true. Um, control is is a is a figment of my imagination. All right, guys. <laughs> so I am going to set my. No, I'm not. That's a fucking bike ride. I'm going to set my timer, and I am going to start my timer on me and go. Oh my god. I want to talk about Take Two and the purchase of Codemasters. Now, this kind of relates to other things within the gaming industry, big studios buying little studios, for example, but we're not going to go into full details because I think that's an entire fucking podcast. Um, but Take Two has uh, now announced it's reached an agreement to acquire Codemasters in a cash and shares deal, um, valuing the UK developer at $994 million. I believe that's nearly a billion. That uh, actually doesn't seem that much <laughs> for that. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, the acquisition expected to be completed in Q, uh, Q1 of 2021. Now, the reason I want to discuss it is Take-Two Interactive. What do you guys know about Take-Two Interactive and how they have ruined certain gaming franchises? Take-Two. I'm trying to think what they did. Did they do G GTA? Uh, yes, they have pretty much ruined Rockstar because all the shark cards and everything is take two. Uh, okay. They have ruined NBA, the basketball <coughs> games, because they have MTXs and DLCs coming through their is ears. Is that take two? I thought that was just EA in general. No, no that's um, take two. Um, I, I originally thought that um, that 
I got confused between Take Two and Two K, but apparently now I look on the internet, uh, Take Two does own Two K. Yes, Take Two is Two K. Yes, yes. Um, so anything Two K that you have heard nightmares about is now going to cross into uh, Codemasters, who predominantly make racing games, which is sports games, and Take Two and Two uh, K Interactive in that case. Um, are well known for literally milking sports games to the end of days. Um, they also take to also own things like Kerbal Space Program. They managed to completely fuck up Kerbal Space Program 2 by saying they were going to fund it, then stopping the funding, cancelling the game, and then buying out all of the people for pretty much nothing because they said they weren't going to pay them. There's details. I'm not getting into that because I don't know the exact details. Take to a scum. Uh, around 2006 to 2010, they've been investigated constantly for share fiddling, for uh, breaking user agreements, for doing everything. They have been to court more times than somebody who's been to court a lot. Than the, there is than there the is Democrat Party is about to go to court. Um, yeah, there yes. is a couple of class action lawsuits coming up against. I'm assuming well, Take Two will fall under the same umbrella, mind with the EA. When it comes to loot boxes and microtransactions, yes, so take two. Hopefully, it's going very, the right way. Very much into loot boxes. Yeah. Um, now, Codemasters, and this is why most people think they have been bought by Take Two, and I'm surprised that they're not that uh, didn't get more money out of it. Codemasters hold the F120 uh, F1 license, Formula One license, till for at least another two or three years. They hold the World Rally license and the first World Rally Championship license. The first game's coming out next year for that, and they hold that for a few years too. They hold the Lotro, the Lord of the Rings Online license. Um, they, they, yeah. they own Project Cars. Uh, they own uh, Dirt Rally, obviously, Dirt 5, all, all those the racing kind of games. games all, yeah, basically. pretty much any new racing game that's coming out, unless <laughs> yeah. it's Forza Horizons. So now I'm just sat there thinking, okay, F1. Yeah, we can MTX that to death. World Rally, we can definitely MTX that to death. Lotro, sadly, is begging to be MTX to death. I mean, it wasn't far off already. Project Cars, the Dirt Games, everything else. Um, is Co-Masters dead? Are Rally Games dead? Are Racing Games dead? Are they all going to go the way of FIFA and just end up just dead? No. Uh, still selling money, but they, they, they seem to uh, be that's, dead. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Dead in the sense of... Um morals but yeah. no they, they'll still sell the ton load like like every single sport game does every single year it doesn't matter yeah the people who buy them don't care about the loot boxes are they gonna and care the people who... sorry are they gonna care i mean they've got nothing no. they'll have literally nothing to go to that won't be owned by take two that's what i mean they but the people who buy those games like fifa nba they don't care about the uh about the loot boxes or they don't care about the microtransactions and the people who don't buy them you know it doesn't doesn't affect well it does affect us but not directly if you know what i mean yeah so no they'll still they're not dead they'll still sell a ton load every single year i'm not as i'm not as hopeful i i think that when it comes to like racing games we've always had another place to go to like nba games we've always had another place to go to fifa we've always had another place to go to i know they don't own fifa but it's the same thing it's just by ea um, whereas I don't think we're going to really have anything to go to. Not for actual sim races and and rally games and licensed, officially licensed games. We got, it's Super literally going to be... <laughs> it's literally going to be an EA controlling 
everything that's licensed. I mean, we, we like, kind of already have that in like uh, for football fans. I yeah, mean, Madden exactly. has been the only game in town since the mid two thousands. Yeah, yeah. They, and they used to have NCAA games, but those are gone now. So, and the only ones I've ever seen, like there's there's been some like trying to do unlicensed football like you know just generic teams and maybe like a player or two but people don't seem to respond to that so they well, just no, yeah because football fans they want to see their players their their people the names they know on the screens and I, yeah I, I remember the old days of like playing games with no no footballers names and i knew good but you always wanted to play the other one with the names yeah <laughs> you know, so. but i mean did you guys play racing games uh, now and again, modern, now and again. modern racing games, yeah. uh, a little, <laughs> not a ton, like um, a little bit of Forza. I've played like Forza Horizon. Um, I haven't really played any F1 games though, not, not anything. Yeah, I gotta say, when you say things like Forza, I automatically think so you don't play racing games. Okay, <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's fine. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty yeah. accurate. It's, it's a racing it's game, a, it's, an older, it's an arcade. I, I tend to like arcadey type of racing game. Racing games I don't tend to gravitate towards the simulation um, aspect. Although some of those games can be really cool just in the sheer breadth of, um, you know, the different types of cars and stuff that you can play with and the options. And when you're saying microtransactions, I mean, what's what's better than heap tons of customization, right? It's just like, you True. see that, you see microtransactions and you're like, well, this is a big old sandwich of, you know, what modern gaming tends to be now. Yeah, sadly. I, th I think my fear with Take Two purchasing Codemasters, and it's, it's just it's gone and done. There's nothing going to stop it. So my fear is reality now, is that um, they're going to do things like put Lewis Hamilton behind a paywall, put the latest engines behind a paywall, uh, and we have proof that they're already doing this. What is my webcam stopping and starting? They have proof that they're actually doing this um, with with like the NBA games and stuff like that. You know, you want to you want to is it Kobe Bryant or whatever the hell Kobe Bryant, called. yeah. No, it's not Kobe Bryant. What, what, one of them you have to, you know, yeah, you have to pay for him. Otherwise, yeah. he, he ain't going to be in your team. Even though he's in whatever team he's in, you ain't going to play for you. you you're not getting him unless you give them another few quid and, uh, and game passes and stuff like that. But that's what I mean, though. When it comes to that stuff, the people who buy them, they don't give a shit that this behind. They, they either, they're youngsters, and mom, can I buy that? Can I buy bloody whatever Mo Salah for FIFA? Yeah, uh, or like the adults, they got they got a job, they got a nine to five job, they got money, they they buy them, they, and that's why they keep making them. I hear that it a doesn't lot. matter to them. Yeah, what's the other? It's not the, the the opposing game to FIFA that came out a while ago wasn't very good. Evo. Yeah, Evo. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, we play this now, but not that many people do. If say ten million play it, there's ten billion people go and play FIFA. So yeah. it's like you say, yeah. Uh, so um so basically we gotta stop the kids from ruining my games. It's not just the kids though, it's people yeah, our it's age are grown, doing it as yeah, well. You know, it's yeah. people our age, they couldn't give a toss. So that, how, how, do we, how do we fix that? Can't. Can't <laughs> yes. Yeah. Unless unless um all these lawsuits going against like the likes of EA and other companies, unless they win. That's all we can do is hope for the best. We, the little people, can't do nothing because we, us five years now, we can say, right, we're not, not buy, I don't buy FIFA games. I, mean, I hate them. But like, 
Sorry, four people. <laughs> I, was like, I, was playing, I was counting the four cameras and myself, but I mean the bloody camera. Idiot. But anyway, so say yes, four now. We say well, we're never going to buy a FIFA game anymore. It's still billions upon billions who will. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, it's... Yeah. You, you can, you could, like, when, when they go on, when people go online and they, they put up a petition, boycott FIFA. They never have. They never yeah, work. I, I, boycott yeah. bollocks. I, yeah, I, vote, I vote with my wallet, but I have yet to meet anybody else who votes with their wallet. Exactly, uh, yeah. So I'm quite doesn't... glad you brought this up because I literally spent two hours <laughs> discussing this with someone yesterday. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and yeah, from my point of view, there's no way to fix it because no. there's people like you or me, people who are gamers, in inverted commas, they are prepared to vote with their wallets. But, <laughs> but for most sports games, the majority of the audience aren't gamers they don't follow what's going on they only play sports games they just want their game some people just buy a console and only buy fifa or only buy people like that i know people in uh, nba yeah i know people personally who do that they simply buy the one console just to play sports games or the one game and all your sort of fifa ultimate team where you have to buy all the cards and card packs and 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 people are happy (laughs) to buy that and the the problem is we've gone from having to get big sales numbers for games to actually not really needing that. You just need a few people who will pay a lot of money yeah, and they'll make a lot more than they ever made off the sales of the game itself. So effectively, yeah, Wales, effectively we're out of, (laughs) we're out of the loop of control for these games. There's nothing we can do about it. so sad and depressing. I mean, EA own them. Take two now own them. Um, Who are the other big guys? Ubisoft. They now kind of own, you know, a, a chunk of things. So there's like what three, maybe four publishers slash it's developers. Probably about five that own major publishers out right now. Yeah, I mean, Rockstar. Rockstar are owned by Take Two. I mean, Rockstar were huge. I, I wouldn't have thought there was any reason that Take Two had to go and publish Rockstar games. Why can't Rockstar publish them on their own? But no, they do. And Shark Cards. And many other things. The, the, GTA Five is, whilst I still enjoy it with you guys, with mates, it's completely and utterly ruined. And that's take two. Yeah. Definitely take two. Um, quickly looking at a chat before my time runs out. Um, Mr. Lalkins, yes. Uh, grid, Dirt, uh, Project Cars, two thousand uh, uh, F1, all owned by uh, Take Two now, or soon to be Take Two. Um, we could blame, keep playing the old games that don't have microtransactions. That's the problem. We can't. No, I like I like new games. I yeah. don't want to do that. It, so. It's not just that. Okay, what did what did Codemasters recently do? Re-release Grid. They've re-released a game that was working perfectly fine and was actually fairly enjoyable. And they re-released it as a new version of it. They took off the old version. You can't get the new old version legit anymore. Uh, and what are they putting in the new version? <laughs> microtransactions does it <laughs> yeah uh it's it's you can't they they slowly they go okay well let's get rid of that game that you can't play anymore but hey we've made a new game for you ah, don't worry about the dlc don't worry about the uh, the mtx in there don't worry the fact that you're gonna have to buy the fucking f1 car that you want to drive you know even though it's supposed to be included in the license <laughs> i'm just sad uh, i would imagine most of the value that take two attaches to that that purchase it goes down to the licenses. I would have thought so, yes. I would have thought. I mean, the Lotro license currently I don't think is worth much, but there's absolutely no reason why they shouldn't look. I think the Lotro license, Lord of the Rings Online license, is literally begging 
that when they get control of it, they are going to re-release it, take it fully back from Turbine and everything else because it's still Codemasters that actually own it. And um, they're going to go, okay, let's make a new game or let's re-release this as a package game. And when they do that, Lotro is doomed. Um, I, I disagree, actually. I do? think what they'll do is they'll kill it altogether um, because... Okay. Lotro has been running long for it was quite big when it came out and right. I, I'm I'm I one of the people who, who I'm one of the people who got it when it came out. I've got the box somewhere. Same. Um <laughs> and um and they've they've slowly built it but they they've kind of got to the point where it was just sort of bobbling bobbing along with a with a small fan base. Yeah. Um just about profitable <laughs> probably. Um but not really. And a big company like Take Two is gonna look at it and say it's not even worth us running the service for this, let's just close it. Right. I, I think I, I don't I, I don't think they'll I think they're more that. likely to say that and then say let's make it a mobile game if it's not already because take yeah, two have a lot of mobile games that they're already milking uh, a massive in mobile gaming and nobody ever thinks of mobile gaming and take two but they are massive in mobile gaming um yeah it's just kind of the reality of what this year has brought a lot of these companies though they have to find ways to consolidate and keep the cash flowing and we, you say that you say that it's like bozo, you know, two hundred billions not enough. Well, when is it? When is it not enough? When, when did making a million a year in profit, a million a year in profit, after paying everybody, when was that not enough? It's I, I, I don't know when the world changed, but you, give me a million a year in profit, it's enough, you will, guys. You will, it's ne- fine. you will never, you will never find a billionaire who's a big spender. That's true. You'll, they're always tight asses. That's why they make so much money. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the stakeholders and the uh, and the annual reviews will require that the the uh, profit has gone up from the last year. <laughs> yeah. If it's yeah. gone down, then they're a failure. They're probably getting fired because they've they've not made more money than they made last year. And that's just fortunately that's the way capitalism that annoys me because <laughs> there's a couple of games I can't the names. Uh, Escape me now, but there's a couple of games that come out in the last couple of years which have been re- I thought have been really good. Then they they've been put to the side because they didn't make that little two percent margin profit uh, from the last game they made, and it really annoys me. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, Emma agrees with you, Pixels, unless I need to run it to not lose the license, which is a possibility. Um, it happened with the PGA. PGA has actually moved to what was an indie studio. The official license gone from EA, or at least I think it's gone from EA, but it's certainly gone to uh, the the golf game, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, you, you know golf which club, one? Yeah. yeah, golf club. Sorry. Um, unfortunately, it's not a very good game in my opinion because it does. Oh, I really, I really like it. It uh, was the the previous versions were really buggy. I haven't. I've only um, played the previous version. But uh, unfortunately, that's now published by 2K as well. <laughs> so, uh, oh my God! Okay, so, escape. Okay, so Take Two next year will own that we know of the PGA license, the F1 license, the World Rally license, the Lotto license. Yeah. EA, they're coming EA. for you next, mate. They're coming yeah. for you next. They're going to own the Madden it, license too. <laughs> it's very odd to think of EA Sports not having the lion's share of uh, it is of it? Um, sports games, but, but I, mean, I don't think that's the case anymore. It's what we asked for. We, we we were like, EA can't own all these licenses. You need to get rid of them. Yeah. And sadly, nobody stopped and said, hang on a minute. One company's still owning all these licenses. <laughs> the, the problem with a lot of the licenses you have for sports games is they tend to be exclusive licenses. It yeah. tends to be no one else, especially things like Madden, as Cola mentioned. 
yeah. no one else can make a football game. Yeah, <laughs> which is insane. It's so disappointing yeah. that it is that, that exclusivity is what prevails because there used to be a fair amount of variety in the type of games that you would get because they would license out to multiple people. But now, since uh, you know EA locked down that what they've locked down and everyone else is locked down, what they've locked down, no one's letting go. You know, they're not letting go unless the parent company's like, "You make shit games now, and now we're giving it to somebody else." Yeah. that's the only time they switch hands. It seems. Yeah, that's the one good thing Disney have done recently is they've said you're going to lose it if you don't make something better. And I never thought I'd say a good thing about Disney <laughs> ever. <laughs> I, I've seen quite a few. So I, I watch a bit of a Angry Joe on YouTube, and every time there's a new NBA game coming out from 2K, yeah, he does he his video it. about it and destroys it and says, Look yeah. what's happened. <laughs> yes. And yeah. I think that's the one where you get to customize your player. And gives you about a choice of like five faces. <laughs> they all look about the same. And I remember there was one where he sc scrolled down and there was two that gave you a load of faces, but they're all just variations on the same thing. And it's like, hang on, this one's the same as this one. <laughs> so, so it gets some entertainment out of it, but it's, it's, that's the, about, about the, only, uh, the only thing that's vaguely good about it. There was one pixel that was a slightly different color. No pun intended mm. on new pixel. Yeah. Um, so is this, I mean, like I said, the, the whole thing, I've still got a bit of time left. The whole thing is kind of um, a quick sneak peek at the gaming world in general on how it's going with everybody buying everybody out and everybody making these exclusives and MTX sliding into everything. And Dan mentioned earlier that, um, you know, they're being taken to court. But even if they win, they're going to come up with a craftier way of, even if the I, public win, they're going to come up with a craftier way of getting past it by saying, oh, they're not microtransactions now, they're um, paid for Surprise gifts. mechanics. Surprise <laughs> mechanics, yes. yes. I, I truly believe, and I 100% I, I believe, that we are not far off winning in the courts against uh, loot boxes. I think there's the, the amount of like countries around the world now saying, no, you can't do that, you can't do that with video games. Like I think Belgium's one of them. Um, in in UK now we we're taking them to courts over here. We're, we're starting to recognize that loot boxes is gambling, the microtransactions and all a bullshit. So I I one hundred percent believe that we will get there. It'll just take a bit of time. Well, you know what's happening in Belgium now, don't you? They can't buy. Is it the FIFA game? They can't buy it. But it's like I want I want to buy my goddamn game. Oh, well, Why yeah, can't they yeah. buy it? Oh, because they're not allowed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but nobody's <laughs> happy. It's only the government well, well, that's happy. That's that's a good thing, man. That's a good thing. Even though I, you know, I feel for the people who can't play their game. At the same time, that's going to show EA. Oh shit, we can't sell in that country now. You know, it's like that's a good thing. It's yeah. bad for the people who want to play it, but I think that's a good thing. Oh, the the, ex the exposure, exposure is pretty good as well. Because I, I had this is why I was having this conversation yesterday. Some somebody I know who doesn't really have that much exposure to games isn't in the gaming industry, they knew about loot boxes being uh, being taken to court. They knew a bit about loot boxes. So yeah. they, they've, they've gone that far that it's now in the national news. People people see it and know about yeah. it and can say, yeah, I know that's bad. And I know who did those bad things. That's, I mean, it, they that's were able interesting, to say, actually, yeah. They were able to say to me, 
oh, there was that Star Wars game that had those loot boxes in, and that was a problem. It's like, I'm surprised you've even heard about that. So yeah, that's yeah. that's a real evidence of that exposure. That, that, that proves something completely unrelated to the subject. We all need friends, and I don't have any. I have friends. We all need friends. <laughs> I was going to say, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we all need friends who don't know anything about our favorite subject, in my case, retro and video games. Um <laughs> And I don't have any, so I, 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 I never assumed that people were taking notice. I just assumed oh, that yeah. the, nobody gave a shit. To be honest, that's cool. Go get <laughs> I some do friends. Slightly, I do want to slightly, slightly disagree with the Kriegath only a bit. Where he says, "Let's be honest, though. Literally, nobody cares about Belgium. If the UK makes a law, that's something. Belgium, uh, if if they make it in Belgium, all other European countries will follow suit, and those yeah. games sell more in Europe than they do in America. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of does happen a little bit more on your guys' yeah. side of the. I mean, there's been some talk about banning loot boxes as far as you know United States politicians are concerned, but I don't think anything's actually been introduced. Um, oh. If anyone has any other information, uh, let's be fair. That would be they kind of banned TikTok, and that's still not ba- not gone away no. in America. I know we're not going to talk about who did that. Rule eight, rule eight, rule eight. The thing, the thing is with these, like I said, with these court court actions, I do believe we'll get there. We are in the early days yet at the moment, yeah. but I think the, the the little pickings from here here and there coming on. I think I think they are starting to take notice. You know, the the governments and the stuff like so. I I don't think I agree with Emma. Um, I think they will fight and lobby it until it makes no sense in anybody arguing anything anymore and it just becomes the norm. Um, I disagree with Kriegath, sorry, just like Dan said completely. Belgium is the country that makes the EU laws, so that has more yeah. importance. UK laws don't, nobody gives a shit apart from people no. in the UK who think it matters. Nobody outside of the UK cares. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> UK is literally irrelevant when it comes to a global thing like, yeah. like that, um, which is a shame because I think all people should have a speak. Uh, have a speak, have a word, have a say, have a speak, a voice, have a speak. podcast. It's internet, it's internet speak, guys. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I, I don't, I can't imagine. I mean, we've been, we, I've been bitching about this. You've been bitching even before I met you. You probably bitched about it for like ten years. This is not a new thing. This is just no. the latest height of a bad thing becoming a normal thing, like Take Two buying Codemasters. Um, I think it really... it's going to get worse. I don't think it's ever going to get better. I just think it's going to get worse or become this is de facto, this is default. Sorry, go. The, the whole games as a service now thing. I mean, that's that's really what all games are now. I mean, yeah. they've, they, for the most part, unless you're talking indies, you know, to, to a certain extent, those tend to be a little bit more open, open closed. But even then, even most of the indies keep their games running for, you know, two three four five years past their their launch date and i think a lot of these studios are trying to like where can we get the extra money to fund this type of thing and is that right is that wrong is there other ways of going about it i yeah i think there are other ways of going about it uh, other than microtransactions Um, i mean even just the traditional expansion pack model i think would be would be refreshing in certain cases yeah yeah. um compared to buying you know twenty dollar horse armor so (laughs) I was talking about that the other day. Yeah, good, good on you. Good on you, Oblivion. I, think, I love you. I think one of the things that's been exposed to me about the way the AAA industry operates is they'll they'll put something in which is way beyond the pale, wait for people to object, 
and then pull it back to something that's not quite as bad and people go oh well at least it's not that thing they tried to push <laughs> yeah. and then they'll slowly <laughs> creep it back over time yeah. and then five years time it's like wait didn't we object to this yes. <laughs> a while ago yeah. and but people don't notice it's like a um it's like boiling the frog or whatever that, that phrase yeah, is. Frog or... yeah do you remember when xbox first came out and everyone no, we're not going digital only. We can't do a sales, blah, 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 blah. Guess what both major console manufacturers now promote more than anything? Digital only sales. Mm -hmm. They pulled it back. Oh, we're sorry. We didn't mean it. The other guys were like, oh, we'd never do that. They all do it now. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a normal PC, so we don't care. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm fine with the digital. But the point is that Pixels is right. They're going to like, oh, let's, let's, put, okay, we're sorry. Yeah, we went the wrong path and then slowly leak it back in in a slightly different way with a bit, bit, bit more better PR. And um, next thing you know, everybody's like, oh, oh, it's been like this for two years. Oh, it's fine. It's okay. It's, yeah, that was no problem. Shadows of Mordor, I'm thinking of you right now for various reasons, <laughs> which is a Lord of the Rings game. Do take to own that. I don't think they make no, that. That's, that that's, is... that's, that's, that's the, um warner, warner brothers. brothers yes yeah 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 monolith yes. makes the <laughs> yeah, monolith. Yeah, yeah but who owns monolith. warner brothers of blood fame if yes yeah. <laughs> thinking of that blood all the way to shadows and mortal so, i'm that's curious now who owns warner brothers <laughs> somebody will well, you guarantee somebody no, will own them i think warner brothers is just warner brothers um they may have sold their their uh time warner um, yeah Ta time warner apparently on warner brothers Time Warner, Warner Brothers. I don't know. And Verizon. Oh, God. Oh, Verizon. Yeah, there's there's conglomerates out there in all yeah. things. And I'm thinking Take-Two are going to... I'm really seeing a path to Take-Two owning a lot of stuff, including stuff that you would never imagine them being able to own. The likes of something like EA, weirdly. Um, I'm, I'm, not against, I'm not against big corporations owning a lot of stuff. If they treat you right, because they, they, they can no, no, I know uh, that's the thing, that's the other thing which I am against. But the thing with, with if they own like a lot of things, they can they can pump money into it, yep. which I like, you know. So, I know <laughs> Warner Media is right. owned by ATT, apparently. Oh, there you, you go. Do you have any examples, Gray, of like big conglomerates you think do a good job of that and they don't uh, shit all over their customers? Um, no. What I mean and... is, like the likes of EA, the likes of Ubisoft, the likes of Bethesda, now owned by Microsoft, um, they all have like certain games they do, they do totally fine. They don't pump in transaction. I don't know why. And maybe it's, it's just different, um, different fan base. But then there's other games they absolutely ruin. Yeah. So you, no, no company is fully. 100% good, but no company is 100% bad either. So I think yeah. I'd agree that there's there's probably criticism for any of the major players nowadays, because yeah. I think they're trying to see what they can kind of get away with to a certain extent. Yeah. Trying to find a list. Can I just say I disagree with the last statement that, that no company is good or, or wholly evil? Uh, Disney, wholly evil. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> I disagree with that. No. Totally disagree. Yeah, that's true. That. Uh, but very, very quickly, uh, just, just in case. Um, <coughs> indies, we were talking about indies and how indies don't fall prey to this kind of thing. I actually see them falling prey to it now. They sell out to EGS. 
they sell out by becoming owned by Microsoft. And we know we know what happens to indie companies that get enveloped by all publishers, including Take-Two, Microsoft, EA, all of them. Um, I don't think indie games are the savior anymore. I think they used to be. I think some studios will still hold on, but I think at the end of the day, they're probably going to disappear. Then you get the big indie studios like Devolver, who are literally becoming triple-A publishers and hopefully won't go the way of current triple-A publishers. So I don't I don't see a savior. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a hope that there's that stuff, you know, there's an opportunity for indies to fill the niches where we feel underserved. Yeah. And I think that that will happen. But what happens after they have their initial success, who gobbles yeah. them up and that's how it thing. goes going forward, that's the question. Yeah. If, if I was an indie guy and suddenly somebody offered me a billion pounds from a studio, I'd probably take it. I'd, I'd take it. <laughs> I assure um, you I'd take it. And then, it's of course... to argue with a big fat check. It yes. is. The, it is. the thing is, like, when it comes to indie games these days, I, th I, th I don't think you can make a game like you did, could back then for a thousand pounds or something. No, it's they they take so they so many so much stuff goes into these games now with so many people on the production arts you know uh, pro programmers. I think they uh, have to have a lot stop, of money put stop, into them. Stop! 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 Sorry, thirty minutes is over. <laughs> you need Boom. a proper alarm clock for that. I've got well, right. I got, I got, I got a little vibrating. Idea. It, 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 it vibrates. I need a siren going off. <laughs> hey, I, I had like two hours to set this up, so give me a break. You should have a thing where, like, when we reach the end of the time, like hype goes off, and then your back thing does a little flashy, so we know that. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you want to run this? Do you... <laughs> Rule one. Rule one. <laughs> It wasn't a criticism, it was a suggestion. <laughs> I agree. Need, I agree. And if we do those, this, I'll do this in the future. Something. You need one of those boxing bells. Ding, ding, ding. That too, ding, yeah. Ding, ding, yeah. Okay. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, I seem to be having some internet connections here. Hang on. What's going on? It's looking uh, all right for us, th I think. Th things are dropping. Yeah. Mr. Caller kept breaking up, but hopefully it'll fix itself. Uh, okay. It's probably just going underneath the ocean clogged. Probably. <laughs> Mr. Kola, are you ready? I am ready. You have 30 minutes from now. Okay, so my topic is much more broad. Much more broad than what Hitch was talking about. And what I really would like to talk about with you guys is what are some of your favorite or notable that you've seen uh, weird games? Like, I want I want the weirdest stuff you can give me. Um, I'll give you some examples here because I've just I, I really like stuff that's just different or interesting because nobody else is doing it for whatever reason. Um, an example of that that I played this week would be Mr. Mosquito. So Brilliant it's game. a very, very Japanese game on the PS2 uh, where you basically you play as a mosquito. Yeah, we're talking like Mr. Mosquito. Exactly, Mr. Wilkins. Um, <laughs> so basically, it starts out and it basically... It, there's this like narration where it's like you are a common house fly and like you have to listen to this like lady sit there and talk about how humans hate you because you suck their blood and i'm like <laughs> dear lord like what's what am i getting myself into and the first level is literally you in some like teenage girl's room trying to find a place to suck her blood on her body and you have to get a certain amount of blood but you have to suck it in a way that she's not gonna like uh, catch on like yeah there's like a meter that you have to get in um 
it's it's so weird and and interesting you know it, it takes you to a place that other games don't really bring you to um and you're kind of just wondering what wacky stuff am i going to see next um another example would be kind of katamari damashi which i played in the past week um, you're rolling you're rolling a ball of random stuff and you go from rolling up stuff the size of a pin to rolling up stuff uh you know that it's uh, skyscrapers and continents and i mean you can it, it's got that whole scale there um and it's just wacky and silly and i love that kind of stuff um I was kind of looking up some other games, just kind of like refreshing my memory of weird stuff that I've played in the past. Um, I, there's one that I want to play that I've never played. There's an arcade game that's called Boonga Boonga. Boonga Boonga. And that's also known as Spankum. And it's literally <laughs> a Japanese arcade game that has an ass, like a prosthetic ass, that has like some sort of sensors in it, and you have to spank it. And okay. that's... <laughs> That's literally a game that was made. So stuff like that, things things that are like insanely weird or unique. Um, that's kind of what I want to talk about during this section, if that, that why, makes sense to you guys. Why am I not surprised that our spanking game is Japanese? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I guess it's kind of universal, but I mean, if I had to pick a place it was going to come out of, it's probably there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I mean, mine. Uh, one of mine, two of mine actually, are on 3DO, which I think we can understand why they're strange games because on 3DO they paid the $3.25 <laughs> and they got a license to burn a disc and basically sell it officially. Um, I the, the 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 game you were talking about, the, the Mosquito one, Mr. Mosquito, <laughs> I played that on Dreamcast. It is an amazing game. Uh, it's absolutely, I think it's Dreamcast I played it on. It's absolutely fantastic. I feel game. like it was PS2 exclusive, it was a but PS2, I could be. Yeah. Okay, it was PS2. I played it on eh, same era, um, and I absolutely love that. And the first thing I thought when the first level, you had to bite the little teenage girl is, "Wow, this is so Japanese pedo. It's unbelievable." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, you're not just biting the, you know, the the teenage daughter. You eventually have to like, uh, you're in like a storeroom with the mother. Yeah. You're in the TV room with the father, and at that point, like, you're you're running into um, like buttons on a remote to turn off the TV to get him to move a certain way, you know. Or you're um, hitting a button for the air conditioner so that like the airflow is different. I mean, there's there's all sorts of stuff that they added in there that you're like, wow, these really would be kind of concerns if you were a mosquito-sized, you know, thing. Yeah. But like, what other games are you gonna really do that in? That's true. That's true. Um, for me, uh, one of them, um, Poed or Poed. I'm not quite P -O sure. I P O P O P O E D. Yeah. Poed. Poed. I'm not sure. Have you ever hearing of somebody being poed? That's that's a that's a common pissed thing. You're pissed off. Oh, yeah, is, yeah. is that what it means? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's only took me thirty five years to realize that. <laughs> that's um, a good a good one. Emma, yeah. I am bread. I I remember oh, that game where you bread play as amazing. a game of bread. Yes. Uh, I played um, I am bread with the theme tune to two thousand and one when you're in the space <laughs> thing and it's like da 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 and the bread. I think you made a video on it as well, didn't you? I did. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah. I did. It was kind of around the same time as like Goat Simulator had come out. Like that was a big thing. I don't get that. Um, Goat Simulator, man. It's that it's is just, just a physics game. 
really it just uh, yeah what can you what chaos can you make like when, when i've talked about having grand theft auto syndrome where you want to just blow shit up and cause weird things to happen <laughs> yeah. it's literally what Goat simulator is you're just running around trying to make the most explosions and chaos that you can as a goat um at least during the first parts of the game i haven't played the expansion packs really though i, I, I don't get that game that's a western game though yeah Yes. Yeah, but both are minor yeah. Western games. I'd be surprised. I'd be interested to see how many Western games come out that people think are weird compared to how many Japanese games come out that, that get um, mentioned. Have you guys ever heard of a game called Who's Your Daddy? Yes, I've heard yes. of it. I've heard of it. Not played. Player game where one person plays as the kid and the other person plays as uh, the parent. And the parent has to stop the kid from killing itself. <laughs> so the kid tries <laughs> to like, like basically, yeah. So there's like, if you're the parent, like there's like a tidying up thing that you can do. And if you do that, you're faster and you can respond faster. Like there's like a little mini game you're supposed to do. But if you're the kid, like you're trying to find like open outlets, you're trying to crawl into the, um, the oven. You're trying, <laughs> you're trying to do whatever you can to meet your early it's a real game. It's a real game. <laughs> This is a real game. What happens if you just let the kid die? Well, then you lose. But do you? You you don't have to deal with a kid. <laughs> In real life, well, I'm not like this. This is my avatar. It's not actually me. So. <laughs> uh, my the only strange games I can think um, I've enjoyed over the years was Night into Dreams on Dreamcast. The dreams is kind of um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um abstract and how it is. Because you're like you're going through the levels and you have to get all like the chains made. Yeah. And it's not really anything that's grounded uh grounded in reality at all. I mean it it is you're you are in dreams. You are in dreamland, basically. Um I think my most recent favorite ones I can think of, they're not really weird, but just unique, is oxen free. And inside, inside, I've played three times. Inside, yeah, I love love that game, and it is literally you're you're going right, (laughs) but but it's but you do you have to do things, and the story. There's so many secrets in that story that not nobody still knows exactly what the story is at the end. What happens when you go when you get to the end? And I, I love that. It's like the whole the whole internet is trying to figure out. Even the developers themselves won't come out uh, with exactly what the story is. I thought it was an experiment in making a superior human being or it's, something. It's, it's a conscious mind. It's a theory, yeah, but that's nothing confirmed. You know, mm. it's nothing's confirmed from the developers. In other that. words, so the like, developers have no clue what they actually made. They might not, I'm sure, <laughs> but there are little there are little things in that game, like certain things you do or certain little secret areas you find, which alludes to more of the story and it's quite yeah. cool I, I love it uh, oxen free yeah. is a fantastic game oxen free i love that i remember the first time i played that i played it after seeing you play it mm-hmm. i only watched i only watched about an hour of you playing it because i wanted to play it so i left and yep. then i think when i used to stream i started streaming um i was playing that game i think i had you hicks and emma watching yeah and i got to this part where you have to look into the mir- a mirror yep and from the other side, it said Hitch's name. I thought, how the hell does it, <laughs> yeah. how did it do that? I, I still, to this day, I don't know. Because I'm assuming it just picked a random Steam friend. But how Steam, would it just Steam, pick the some, Steam friend someone who's watching me right there? That completed yeah, no, the game. Yeah, I, assu- I assume it was picking a Steam off my, off my friends list. But yeah. 
it picked you who was watching me doing it. That That's just, where I found All really. that proves, dude, is like me, you have a very small subset of actual friends that give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be, but I had a lot of other people on Steam at the time, and I just thought I was great. And yeah, I love that game. The, that's yeah. the... The weirdness in that game and the story is really good. I was actually talking so, to a streamer about that. Sorry, that was so long. Um, about that game just last week, and they said they can't play it because it's too weird and it makes no sense. And I'm like, what? Uh, it's brilliant. It's yeah. brilliant. They're not playing it properly. Either. Exactly. So, I wanted to say that, but I don't like people who tell me I'm not playing my game right. So. No, I'll tell them. So I've been I've been scrolling through my Steam list while you've been talking, and being Possibly not all that shocked about quite how many games I can pick off that you might consider to be weird. <laughs> I've played some weird games in my time. I'm not. I'm not even going to touch the ZX Spectrum, which is mostly just um, just Fever Dream <laughs> all the t- like twenty four seven with things like Jet Set Willy and floating toilets and all sorts of things. Um, that's that's just a symptom of the time. But PC wise, um, I think I will mention just to get it out of the way. I'm going to mention Frog Fractions because Frog Fractions is utterly bizarre because it I starts off as a, it starts off as a it's one of these games where it's not what it appears to be but it starts off almost like a edu- educational game um, and a little bit after you start things start going a bit weird and you're you're going through the game <clears> discovering <throat> how far this is going to go um, uh, I, I can't I, I, it's not if you've never played it you should definitely play it but I don't want to tell you where it goes because it's I've heard uh, a lot about frog fractions yeah. uh, just people talking about it i've never played it myself but it's one of those things where i don't i don't want to know anything about it going in either um because yeah. i've heard that it's that's part of the fun is the the mystery that that game brings yeah um, it, it basically yeah it's it's got almost a facade on the, on the front going oh look this is a this is a fun cute um learning how to do fractions game that's not what that game is. <laughs> That's not what that game is at all. It goes, yeah, I, goes really weird. I just read uh, the description the... and it says educational games where he plays a frog on a lily pad. I'm like, this is yep. not what Pixels is just <laughs> talking about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's definitely something to discover for yourself. Yeah. Um, in a similar vein, I, I played all the way through on my YouTube channel a few years back, um, a game called Pony Island. I was just going to mention that. That is a great game. <laughs> it, it starts off as being a game it's very yeah. simple like a 8-bit kind of game uh and then it gets glitches in it and basically the whole thing just comes apart seems that, that, <laughs> that game, game is in a genre i personally call the freddy's the devil genre because it's just <laughs> a, a vinyl being backwards it's just weird it's that kind of thing <laughs> yeah that yeah. kind of thing yeah yeah um let's see what else <laughs> I mean, in a slightly more normal normal area um I'm, and and actually i saw emma mentioned it earlier you got things like crypto necrodancer where it's a yes it's, i forgot about that one i want to say a rhythm game roguelike yeah, which great is music, uh, a great by music. Danny, Danny baronowski who did all the music for super meat boy and the original binding of isaac he's done some really good work yeah. all, all i can hear in my head now is the opera singing shopkeeper go away <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, I guess Fantastic I guess game. that counts as a strange, weird game. Yeah, I mean, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. it's so, just um, so goddamn entertaining that you don't really, maybe as you're playing it, think it's a weird game. You just think it's a cool game. Yeah. So. In, in a similar sound-based, have any of you ever played a game called Thumper? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of a, it's kind of a rhythm based game where you're in like a track. You kind of play this like little scarab beetle thing. It's on PSVR too. I, have. Uh, I believe. And, and it's, it's, you got to kind of got to react to how the track's moving and oh. time with the rhythm. That reminds me of one of my favorite rhythm games of recent years, Neon Drive. Okay. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, Neon Drive. No, Neon Drive. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, we, yeah, yeah. You yeah. drive like a Ferrari. You drive oh, like okay. it's like it's retro eighties noir mm. um, racing game, but you, you you use the triggers to go left, right, left, right, left, 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 or you go with the beat of the song. Yeah. It's one of my favorite games. I forgot about that. It's pretty good actually. Yeah, Neon Drive. I mean, you can you tie tie in things like a uh, res into that as well. Um, yes. that's weird. Yeah, there's, there's a number <laughs> of those types of like rhythmy type games. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was kind of thinking, so there was these games that were really sort of popular in the Flash era that kind of went further, like Quop and stuff like that, where you have like weird control schemes or like Bennett Foddy's getting over it, or uh, I think that's what it's called, where you're the dude in the pot and you have the little thing. That is weird. Um, how do you guys feel about some of those games with just like the control systems, the weird part? Like you have to get, <laughs> like, do you enjoy those types of games? Yeah, I sometimes. I I, I, I like them. I like them. I, I find that um, even a game like, say, Assassin's Creed games, if you go into them for the very first time or after not playing them for five years, the controls are weird. There's no muscle memory with some yeah. of those games. So it feels weird within you're used to. And things like the weird games that you're talking about, I think that they're exactly <laughs> the same. First time you pick it up, it's like, what the fuck is this? And you just can't work out where to do anything. Um but then it comes to you slowly and surely. And I think the good games like the getting over it. Um, after playing for a few hours, you're then kind of second nature. But then you stop playing that, like, go play Assassin's Creed, and you're like, oh, what the fuck again? Because then your muscle memory is working for getting over it, for example. So, yeah, yeah no, I think I think the controls... I like strange controls. I don't that, like bad it, controls. I like strange controls. What was that controls. rotating game you were playing on PlayStation this week that reminded me of Bob's Bad Day and uh, Camel Tree? Oh, that was post post nin um kuro kuro post nin i think it was called um that that yeah simplistic rotating uh but also the mechanics make it so if you just rotate it's hard so you have to do it slightly differently and then you can speed up and you can bash through things yeah kuro kuro post post nin uh the post girl basically Um, a game which is on my wish list (laughs) i haven't played yet but i really want to play is a game called rumu and it's a game where you play as basically a rumba, like a robot vacuum cleaner. Uh, and you're basically you're te- trying to gain sentience going around this house called Rumu, R-U-M-U. I-, I think I think as you go through the game, it becomes clear that something has killed some of the owners of the house. And it's one of these things where the surroundings are a bit are a bit weird. Um and um it's um yeah, it, it's it's kind of like there's something creepy going on here, but I'm this cute little robot, so, so I don't know how to take this in. I, I, I've not played it, but um, it, it's it's something which interests me quite a lot. It does yeah. look interesting. Vibrivum, yes, Vibrivum. Thank you for answering Emma's question. Oh, Vibrivum. Yeah, Vibrivum is interesting. Amazing. So that not necessarily in the in this strange category, but I've played some slightly surreal games at shows. There was one which was. Which claim to be like a one-dimensional game, where it's basically it's basically what you've got around your. Yeah, it's basically like the what. 
Stein on online. If you've ever played ah. that, it's literally like a line and yeah. <laughs> it's just like colored graphics and you just hear like the act tongue or whatever. And it's just, you're literally completing <laughs> Wolfenstein levels, just like <laughs> going through one pixel. Well, the, the one I'm talking about is basically what Hitch has around his Star Wars poster. It's it's a strip of LED lights, um, and you're pressing a button to make the the um, to make a, like a white bit of light go up the line. But if you if you hit a different color at the wrong time, then it then it will set you back. And it was it was really interesting as a con sort of conceptual kind of game, but actually surprisingly addictive. <laughs> it's like oh, I I, get it. I can do it. I can do it. They, and they they got this strip of lights going up the side of the the stall and then like around the top and stuff and you're sort of going I'm up there now right that, that, oh I'm all the way back to the start I can't believe. it's almost like a LED version of those games you used to get on fairs where you have to uh, drag the uh, the like piece of metal around the the loop around the metal. Uh, yeah. thing without touching it so you have that kind of feel to it there is a video game of that um how do you guys feel about uh, another 3do game called a uh, cyberdillo have you ever played it i don't know that one i'm gonna uh, guess yeah, most people have I'm not played it fairly Cyberdillo. certain i've seen it I thought yeah. I've, I've streamed it for sure um to, for, for me to quickly read the thing because i want to know what makes a strange game or just an odd game. There's a difference, if you know what I mean. Uh, Cyberdillo, you take on the role of Cyberdillo, who's an armadillo who gets run over by a car and made into a cyborg. You start with a plunger gun. Cyborg, Cyberdillo must collect items such as platform shoes and bell bottoms to progress to the next level. It's full bell disco. Bottoms. It's bright pink neon and everything. Uh, enemies the player comes across include <laughs> hairspray, bipedal hot dogs. You can also collect power-ups uh, like the bone flute, which causes the screen to go black, play on the myth about masturbation, and the laxative, which will kill you if you cannot find the toilet in time. You literally <laughs> explode. Is that a strange game, or is that just fucked up? Uh, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, I, uh... I definitely would say that fits in the category of yeah. weird. Games. Yeah, that 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 is that is my weirdest game. Poet was my second weirdest game because you run around with a frying pan hitting aliens that are arses who fart blood farts at you. That's you know. <laughs> I think I think weird can go from unnerving weird and strange weird to through to through kind of like unusual yeah through to through through to just this is just a different way of looking at what you sort of subverting yeah. expectation kind so of games like cooking like games i would probably still put in the weird games category because there's not yeah, that many of them and oftentimes they're having you do silly things in between cooking yeah i mean you, you've got games like uh home improvisation where you but it's basically an ikea simulator and you're building ikea stuff it's like why would that's, anyone want to do that's this? The Sims. The Sims is one of the weirdest games ever. It's the same kind of fun I used to have as like a kid using like one of those. Um, we used to have like a landscaping program or like a house CAD, kind of landscaping program. program. Yeah, it was CAD. essentially yeah, it was yeah. essentially a CAD program, but I would have fun just putting stuff together and like making a little house and you know that kind of stuff is fun to people. There is, there, is, there is one game which came just came back to me while you a lot were talking now, which I, I played at um oh, what the hell was it called? The gaming convention I went to in 2014, 2016. Can't remember what it's called. The tag is up there somewhere, but there was this it was a 2D beat-em-up uh game in VR. 
And it was the, it was the most bizarre thing because I remember they had the booth there, and you could obviously you use four players, so they had four VRs. So I was there with a group of people. We jumped in. I I, I thought, how the hell is this going to work in VR? You put it on, and your your view is the two D two D screen. You got your characters fighting bloody zombies. It's called. I'll link it in a bit now. But you got your characters you're fighting, and then with the because you got the VR headset on. If you look left, you look down to the beginning of the level. If you look right, you can see all the way down to the end of the level, and it's all designed. All the it's it's really hard to explain unless you see it. But all the uh, level creation is done in three D, but it's two D until you turn your head and look up and down, and you can see different parts of the map. It's is one of the, the most unique VR games I've ever played. VR can do some interesting things with with subverting expectation. I mean. I played a VR game at a convention and the, the store was probably no bigger than the room I'm in right now. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was basically procedurally generated and uh, it was kind of like a, a, um, you were like a spy trying to get into a facility and you have to unscrew things around vents and crawl through vents and all these sorts of things. Um, but it was procedurally, <clears throat> procedurally generated in that it worked out where the walls of the area were and then said, right, we put the next room on the right, so you won't <clears throat> you won't go straight straight smack into the wall. Apart from when it had a bug and I saw a girl walk straight into a wall, <laughs> but, but that's a different thing. Um, but, but yeah, that was that was quite weird, and it was weird from an ex- exterior perspective because you're just standing there watching someone crawling around on the floor for like ten minutes, kind of thing. But um, but VR can can really twist things easily because it's not a it's not a system we're used to, kind of thing. Yeah, no, I guess a lot of games, I mean, I've played games that I've played in 2D that aren't weird, but then I go and play in, when I say 2D, I mean flat, you know, on the on a monitor. Yeah. And then I play them in VR and it completely changes and enhances the game beyond description. Um, even for just like a normal game like Resident Evil 7, for example. Um so when you take in a weird and then you're doing things like Gray's talking about messing about with dimensions, but actually uh. feeling them. Yeah, I think VR could be, there's probably a lot of VR experiences out there that are weirder than anything we've actually played. Yeah, the, yeah there's a lot you could do with VR. And I think you'll see more of that coming out uh, as as we get more, well, we're used to it now, but as, as they get more um, cost effective and yeah. stuff and more people start buying vr i think you'll see more of that kind of thing i guess the hard thing with vr in any weird game is that <clears throat> it's down to the guys who are making it where their imagination can go because you can yeah. do like cyberdillo it's weird because they're just throwing loads of weird shit at it or it's weird because it's it's twilight zone weird you know <laughs> and, and that's the better weird in my opinion twilight zone weird not just throwing you know yeah. What else can we do? Oh, let's make them explode if they don't I find think, a toilet. That's just. I think that yeah. there's a lot of room for VR to play with this little fourth wall breaking kind of weird. Yes. Um, because you you almost want to drop someone in an area, and and it be completely normal, and then start to twist what the what your reality is, and you know warping walls and putting and you know walking yeah. forward um in a room turning around and there's a door that wasn't there before on, and things like that and i think vr can do a lot of that i mean in terms of when i think of fourth wall breaking weirdness i think of a game you've probably all played um which is the stanley parable yes um, love it that's yeah. weird but yeah. weird in a fantastic way yeah um, yeah and um and that's all about 
taking your expectations of what you'd get in a, in a game like that and then just flipping it on its head and going, actually, if you go out this window, you can walk outside the level and then the narrator will actually comment on you doing that kind of thing and stuff like that. that that's one of the best uh, weird games I think I've played in the last couple yeah. of years, Nanny Parable. Because when, when I played... played... <laughs> sorry, I am first, sorry. Uh, when I played it and um, it tells you, you know, if you move forward here, you can get through this door. But now I've taken away your ability to move forward, so you have to move backwards. And there's stuff like that. I thought it was great. Sorry, Cola, go on. Oh, you're good. Um, I was just <laughs> saying I have I have not played Stanley Parable, but it's been on my list for a long while. But what you're describing kind of makes me think of like Antichamber or something like that, if you've yeah. ever tried that, where it, it plays with geometry in a way that's not <laughs> not uh, not what you would have in real life, but uh, it plays with that, and it kind of makes you think outside the box yeah. in a way. Well, kind of like Escher yeah. stuff where you... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Stanley... Playing with perspective. Yeah, St- Stanley Sp- Parable. Um, I'll go on. Well, this is this is an expansion oh, okay. of the Stanley Parable. Uh, oh. I, I think they tweaked it slightly, but I don't think they've expanded it necessarily. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, Stanley Before Parable. We, uh... One of the things I quickly like about weird games like Stanley Parable is the decisions of do I keep pressing this button for five hundred times, like it tells me not to do? Do I yeah. literally spend two hours going bit, bit, bit? <laughs> yeah. That's a weird game. It's also a brilliant gameplay mechanic because you can avoid it. Or can you? I need to go back to the Stanley Parable because there's an achievement which is uh, called Go Outside, which is basically don't play the game for like two years or something like yeah. that. But yeah, Mr. Lawkins mentioned Antichain before, um, which is it's weird, but it's also incredibly hard because it's getting your head around how that all works is weird. He mentioned a game called Superliminal as well, which, as I recall, is a game which plays with perspective. So you'll pick something up off a table. And then you'll turn around and place it somewhere else, but now it will be really big because you put it somewhere yeah. close rather than far away, or you'll pick up a door and you'll throw it and it will be as big as the room and all these sorts of things. There is um there's one I've seen on Twitter where it's kind of like a, you have like a Polaroid camera and you can take a shot a, a picture of something and then you can put it somewhere and wherever you put it, like it's perspectively correct to wherever you were and you can walk into whatever that picture was. Mm. Uh, it's yeah it's kind of strange the way they were it was just kind of a concept they were playing with how long uh, and i think this would be weird how long do you think until we're in vr and the vr because vr's all point cameras at you show you in the game and there's an ai that interacts and makes you interact with you five years would that be weird i think that'd no. be weird that's perfectly that that's already normal in my head even though we don't have it yet because <laughs> movies have done it for so long I think, yeah, because you were talking about a, breaking the fourth wall. I'm waiting yeah. for that kind of fourth wall breaking. Yeah, I, <laughs> I saw a tech demo where it got two people, both with VR, and it, they were interacting with each other, but they were using the cameras and it switched their bodies. So they, you were interacting with the with somebody who looked <laughs> like you, and they were interacting with someone that looked like them. I, I thought that's that. clever. That's clever. I think that's yeah. coming. I think where the camera can see you and you, you basically, no, like a, a, a lobby. And you can, I, I can see you. You can see me. I think that's 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 not not far away at all. I think even taking you out of your head in a way, because most VR, you're you're, it's first person perspective. But I think it might be interesting to see somebody try doing stuff with third person, like you were kind of saying, like where you're you're above some character, but you're I, seeing bird's eye view, and you can look around freely. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, Super Lucky's Tale is kind of like that, where like it looks like there's a set piece in front of you, and you can kind of like look at things closer by changing where you are. Um, th- that's kind of a, a an interesting way of taking traditional games and adding something extra to them because of what the, the niceties that VR allows you for. Have you heard of a game called, and it's not out yet, so you may not have done, called uh, Mega Curie? It, it's a game where no. it attempts to represent four dimensions, in, but only using the three dimensions that you normally have in a game. Um, I don't think I'll be able to play that game. <laughs> I think it will just melt my brain. What's but it me, it's M I E G A K U R E. Um, so uh, it's yeah, it's yeah. kind of like the old uh, flat world kind of concept where where it's like two D characters in a three D world, but we're three D characters in a four D world. And how do how does that how do you get your head around that? I don't know. Oh, I like the look on that, mate. Yeah, I'm going to put it in chat so people can. Uh, I don't know why I typed it in, but it's but obviously that, a foreign language. They've, they've been they've been building that for years and years and years and years. That's it. Stop. That's it. Sorry, Mr. Cola. You're 30 minutes. No, that was, that was great. <laughs> I have more to say. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> tough. Tough. Okay, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, are you ready? I am. Go. you got 30 minutes. So I want to talk about... It's kind of two sides of it, but I want to talk about um, graphical styles and graphical technology. And as a side part of that, what kinds of graphical styles hold up and what kind of graphical technology holds up over over time? Because there's definitely a lot of uh, games that you can play from 20 years ago, from 30 years ago, which actually still look pretty nice now mm-hmm. um, because of the graphical style they chose. And there can be there's, there's some graphical technologies like for example, early pog- polygons and stuff, which maybe don't look as good now to us. But if you look at early 2D stuff now, you can you can get that art element of it and enjoy yeah. the the art of it. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of want to talk about about what 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 are your sort of favorite art styles in games, and what your favorite sort of bits of technology that are used in in the in graphics and games, and what holds up over time. My um, favorite art style is uh, actually one that's not used very often, and maybe that's my favorite art style the black and white. Just mm. black and white. You know, like Limbo? Yeah. Yeah. Just the high that. contrast. Uh, yeah. High, high contrast yeah. games that just they stand out, but they have to be made so, they have to be drawn so well because without textures, if, if you try and picture in your, in your mind's eye, your environment that's in front of you right now without textures and flat it's really hard to make anything stand out um you can see a TV, a monitor is a horizontal thing but you can't tell it's a, a monitor just because it's a, a square yeah. you know uh and stuff like limbo they did it so well and there's other games that came after limbo like the one we were talking about where you're a big blob monster inside inside but isn't the same style but kind of is but isn't if you know what i mean yeah um so that that's my particular favorite i absolutely love that i wish they did it more i wish we could apply yeah, shaders to everything yeah. like that mr lawkins mentioned uh mad world on Wii. it's like a black and white game i've yeah, seen that mad world's yeah. good yeah, yeah. Mad world's uh, there's, and, uh, i think the only color is the blood right yeah yeah in that game. That's right. <clears throat> yeah black, um, and you've got 
a fairly new game. Uh, what's it called? Something like The Curse of the Obra Dinn or something like that. Oh, yes. That's brilliant. Very, yes. I love that. Very nice looking. Yeah. Like a yeah. Yeah. one bit pointillated. Uh, like it's very fascinating if you look at all the iterations that that guy went through to make the technology look the way it did. Yeah. Uh, he played around with a lot of things because it is traditional polygon, but it looks like something that could have been, um, you know, part of a graphic adventure years ago. As yeah. A yeah. It looks like something from Apple IIe or something, doesn't it? But mm-hmm. but smooth. Um, yeah. I I mean, I like Oberdin is very um, eye intensive. <laughs> you know, it, it you will be sat there at the end going, "Uh, it's that thing. I can't see anything anymore," um, and because of the way that the contrast in that is very contrasty uh because i think there's a lot i think that's why i prefer like the like limbo because it's very simple but still clear whereas Oberdin's very unique in that it's still a contrasty a high contrast game but there's also so many details in there i think your eyes start to literally bleed after a little while um <laughs> Which maybe helps seeing it. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, no. There's there's a lot of games, and I don't think those games really age, because they are already of an ageless, yeah, uh, style. That you know, it's not like say cell shading. Cell shading came about because they were trying to make the 3D graphics pop a bit more, um, and and how and stand out. Uh, and then they remake it now, and it looks like ass. For example, yeah. Um, I think it's, and the original cell shading games still look pretty good today, most of them. Um, I, I don't think it's got a time. And I think that's why it will always look good. Because you look at it and you just be like, there's not many of them games about. Uh, that looks no. really good. Because it's it's so clean and so clear. Well, that's the case for like a lot of like pixel games, like old uh, platformers. Yeah. Uh, old like anything from like PS1, PS2 era with 3D, they look like absolute shit now. They they have not aged well at all when it comes to like the 3D games. I would PS1 disagree with that. I just played, I don't like I, that. I just played Sweet Coden 2 and it is one of the prettiest games I've ever seen. I haven't That's played a PS1 that, I game. <laughs> but what I was thinking, I'm not so much thinking of the art style. I was thinking of more the technical aspects of the um, the triangles in the in the 3D um, textures where you see them like warping at the side. Okay, so you mean the I'm, early 3D games? Not, yeah, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. the technical aspect, not the art style. But that's that's good. To that too, though, I think a lot of a lot of that PlayStation warping of textures and some of that, like there's a lot of indies right now that are are targeting just that style um, yeah. because there is a sense of a nostalgia for it. All yeah, the but, yeah, there's it's some. Years and years ago, I heard some quote from somebody that saying they said that the failings of older technology will become their hallmarks. So, yeah. like when you're talking about like the sound of a CD like skipping, like that is what people think of when they think of like you know kind of glitchy sort of music or like uh, you know the overdriven sounds of of early synths and everything. You know um, that part I like film grain or the tracking issue with old vhs like that's super popular to just add in there as an effect to make it look old yeah um the thing with the nostalgia thing man what you're trying what you're saying there i I agree with like the the retro neon thing i love that stuff but the way you say they put in warping of the textures that's like me going into my kitchen wanting to make a cup of tea throw my kettle out and boiling water in a pan you know, it's just because it's old doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> we have I boil water in the pan because we have no kettle. 
well, that's different. It still you don't works. Have, yeah, yeah. It still works. <laughs> I'm not saying you don't, but what I mean is, I you can have. Microwave. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. You can add nostalgia. That's fine. Nostalgia. I love this. I'm all about nostalgia. But there's certain things I think you can put into a game, which if they just put in there, oh, look how cool that was, but it was shit there back then. What are you putting in now? For? You see, you, you know, say, so. you say that. But then one of your favorite games on PlayStation 1 or Sega Saturn is a game called Exhumed, which is it renowned is. for texture warping. No, no, and it's no, the texture it's... warping that gives it the feel. I'm not saying texture warping is bad. What I'm saying is leave it in the past. You know, if we, if we can make if if I could if I could if we could make Exhumed today exactly the same art style, exactly the same everything, but get you know with high more high res textures, that's a better game then. You know, I, I no, played those. I played those games the other month. Uh, the PS One yeah, games that I all came out. About that during the weird games segment. Yeah, uh, and the, the weird horror collection pack. Yeah, I, th I think everybody that watched that was just like, "Oh my god, this is so cool! It looks just like PlayStation One games." There was no. Derision. There you go. No, you just said it right there. It still looks good. You just said it looks like PlayStation One games. But yeah, that's, that's why they liked it. Yeah, there's certain things I think. When people go down the nostalgia route, I think they go too far down the bloody yeah. uh, hole. I, I agree. I agree. I think yeah. it, can, it can vary, and it depends on it's all. It's very subjective. I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's art, right? Art is subjective. Um, yeah. Sometimes art is just shit. Tape modern gallery. <laughs> take notes. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> uh, but I, I think flat shaded polygons or some of that early three D stuff. Mm. It just depends on what it is. Like garage shaded polygons, like just the the clean gradients and just simple geometry sometimes that can really pop it can look really really nice still like um virtual yeah. racing i think like it's very simple when you look at it graphically but i still think it looks really nice uh, especially when it's running at a good clip um cell shading for me i think is is probably my favorite graphical style that holds up over time when it comes to I think to that frame. definitely holds up cell shading because you look at the Borderland games and there's there's still shell cell shaded. Technically Borderland games aren't actually cell shaded. Well but what I mean is the art style is cell shading. I know they're three full on 3D, but the art style is a cell shaded texture. Kind yeah. of. Things yeah, like, <laughs> like Wind Waker and uh yeah, Wind that, yeah. that was quite a unique look though for the time. That game when it came out, like it, it looked like nothing else at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys it's, like um, um pixels? I mean it's your question. Do you like uh the game on the Mega Drive set in the comics? What's it called? Comic Zone. Brilliant. Comic Zone. Comic Zone. Zone. Yeah. yeah, do you like yeah. that? That's a really interesting um yeah. Yeah. That that that's, is a very a underused Yeah, that is a very <laughs> underused graphical style. That and one of the uh Batman games on the uh on the eight bit systems use that kind of a uh, um comic book with, the, dis with yeah. the differing and stuff as well yeah yeah. 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 yeah yeah i, I like that yeah I mean, that's that's quite interesting i think i think i think what Cole was saying about having having like um your flat shaded polygons so they pop and i think that's in, an important distinction to make because you can look at some sort of ps1 era <laughs> games and it can be just a muddy mess and you can't actually see what you're looking at <laughs> And and that's even true of like the first Tomb Raider game. If you play in some places, yeah. it's like you have to look at things from the right angle to actually see where the yeah. like the area that you're going to because it doesn't have like the sort of volumetric lighting and stuff no. back in those days. So it, it can be a bit too muddy. 
And that, those kind of things don't necessarily hold up as well. But if you've got something which is designed and flat shaded in such a way that it does pop, those things tend to carry across a lot better, I think. Yeah, yeah. Why, why, do, um, why do you think solar shading is still defined as a as a as a as a good thing from the old games why why do what 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 one thing makes them look so good it's a cleaner texture it's is, is it the just cleaner, yeah. cleanliness partially and i yeah. think it's just it it's gonna only look better it looks great on the older ones and as they higher higher resolution continues you know since they're usually just flat colors or simple textures uh, you know, they can clean that up and it can really, really pop when you give it a resolution bump. Yeah, because there's, there's a certain art style you can pretty much only do in cell shading. You can't do in other style. And it's, it's the black outlined um, line art effect. Yeah. You, know, you, can pretty much, you can do it in other three, um, engines, whatever, but the, it only looks good when it's done in cell shaded. So why does 13 look so shit? Modern shell. I haven't played that since the original Xbox game. See, it looks pretty good, I thought. Uh, yeah. When I've when I've seen a few of the screenshots, uh, I it's been very very poorly reviewed recently. Um, <laughs> if you've seen it on Steam, it's I think it's the lowest one of the lowest reviewed games currently. Yeah. Um, Lokins agrees. Well, <laughs> looks like looks like shit. Yeah. I only ever played that game on the original Xbox. I haven't played it since, so I don't, I wouldn't know. What about? Sorry, the thing on. with cell shading is it's almost like the difference between bitmap graphics and vector graphics. Yeah. In that you just if you if you try and make a, a remastered version of an old um blittered or like uh, textured game, you have to up res those textures and you basically have to redraw the whole thing. Yeah. Whereas if you go to an old cell shaded game, you just have to make it bigger and yeah. fill it and just smooth the lines out a bit, and that's about it. I think another part too is there's a there's kind of a a temptation I think when they're doing higher resolution things and you've seen this in fan packs like if you've ever played with like mods or anything where like lower res simple textures are usually somewhat handcrafted and they look nice for the resolution they're targeted at. However, once fans start going make and making like 4K or huge high res texture packs, it's often they resort to just photos or something yeah. and it ends up having this really weird crummy uncanny look. Yes. You know, when they just put these textures over and just kind of willy-nilly do stuff, and I think that's why some of the older textures and stuff um really do hold up because there was time and thought put into them rather than oh we can just put something high res in here let's go find a picture of the ground you know <laughs> something yeah. to that effect. yeah definitely uh, another one that i think stands out uh, i believe it's cell shaded but you can correct me if i'm wrong is akami akami uh, on the wii is it yeah, uh, yeah there's akami yeah. hd out and everything that still stands out i think i, I mean it helps that it's hand-drawn graphics that's being computerized and then i believe cell shaded or at least made to stand out in some form or another um so 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 modern cell shading does seem to be able to work yeah um, it just i guess you got to know what you're doing like anything There's, i think what what really matters is that you've nailed down you know, whoever it is making a game, but they've nailed down a visual style that they're going for. Yeah. And oftentimes if they put a lot of care and effort into it, it shows. And that's what becomes timeless. Like things like, man, like Metal Slug, 
the amount of time that was put into each and every one of those sprites. You can tell some artists sweat yeah. and labored over it for hours and hours, and it really does pay off. Yeah. Um, whereas there's other games, you know, later where people just kind of toss some assets they had lying around, and you can tell, you can you can feel when they cheapen that kind of stuff when the, when the yeah. art is just um, copied and pasted or. Uh, I, I like it's kind of like the whole asset type asset flip type thing. I mean, um, I have kind of the same feeling with like um, some of the new Super Mario Brothers games. They're they're fun. Don't get me wrong. But I don't like their visual style because they feel cheap to me. They feel like they just like they they pulled a, a rare in 1993 or four with Donkey Kong Country. But they did some sort of modern take on that where they just took some generic <clears throat> Mario model and generic other yeah. things and they just kind of put them in there and there wasn't a lot of like time and effort of how it looked but i mean it's functional it's fine but is it something that i think i'm you know i like looking at not really i'm like that with most modern pixel art games um i love pixel art i love pixel art from back in the day uh i love playing pixel art games from back in the day now i still think i think they look brilliant like the sweet golden two um, but then I'll play a modern pixel art game and it's so intricately drawn and it's so intricately animated and it's in 1080p and it just ruins it. It's, it's not right unless it's small. The I think there's a blue in it. Yeah, there's a difference between having it something pixel art <clears throat> as it would have been back in the day um, or having something where it's got like sub-pixel sub animation and stuff. So it, it uses more technology than it had. Yeah, but there's still a lot of really good-looking pixel art games. Yeah, to, today, but I, I hate yeah, ocean get, blur. sometimes it can be they did pixel art because they couldn't do it any better. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, you could um, so two things I wanted to mention: um, Paper Mario games, which you know I I love the Paper Mario games. That's a really interesting art style. Yeah, they really play awesome. with with what they've got. Yeah. really nice art styles with the, the white outlines and the to, the messing with perspective and all that kind of stuff those look great something an art style i don't think gets used enough and if you know this part of the game i'm going to talk about you'll know it instantly is a kind of painterly kind of um look so something which looks genuinely like it is a painting that you're playing in so if you think of oblivion there's a side quest in there where you yes. go inside a painting. Yeah, I love that side quest. The whole thing looks like an oil painting, genuinely, yeah. even today. And it's fantastic, but nobody's really ever done that. I mean, the closest to that is like a Kami or something like that, where yeah, it's like Swan. No, no, White Swan. What's that game called? Oh, I don't know. Oh, what's it called? You, you have to flick paint to go places. Ooh. Are you talking like. Oh, it's epic. Oh, game you mean. <laughs> Is that it, Mickey? But I don't think that's what you're talking about. No, oh, there's no. a modern, there's a modern game just yeah, came modern out game last about, yeah, year, yeah. I think, maybe yeah. the year before now. Is it the oh, Swan or something? I can't Deep remember. Is what uh, I can't remember. Yeah, but no, that that um, that level you're talking about, uh, pixels. Yeah, that's the, one of my favorite side quests in Oblivion. I love the unfinished that. Swan. Is that that's what you're the talking one. About? That's the one. Unfinished Swan. Yeah, and you 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 basically you have a paintbrush or something. And ah. to get around the levels, you have to paint the colors in, and it yeah. comes out. Yeah, I think that's similar. Anyway, it, I, it, came, it came out this year in on Windows, but it came out on PlayStation year. Three eight years I was, ago. I was going to say, <laughs> wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So that that kind of really high resolution using actual 
almost like using actual art materials and stuff like that. That's I mean, all there's, brushes. There's there's yeah. a part in um in Dark Souls where you go inside a painting and I oh yeah, actually, I love Dark Souls. I don't yeah. think they'd made enough of that. They could have made it look really really like a painting yeah. when you were inside it. But um um yeah, I think that's that's an art style. I I, I always remember that oil painting from uh, Oblivion. That's probably the thing I remember most about that game. I've got screenshots saved yeah. on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the best side quests in there. You have to find a troll or something or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you guys think about uh, Yoshitako Mano? Who did the Final Fantasy art? Do Do you like his stuff? What art, he, What in the games or he he actually he drew. Um, in real with watercolors and everything, and then yeah. he, he sent them off to the guys who then oh you mean did the, the digital versions? No, no, the actual characters and stuff as well as the backgrounds. He, yeah. So so he painted all these like you know glorious Japanese style water brush stuff, and sent them off to the guys who then of course cuted them down, squared them off, made them not really look like his original stuff. But he still likes them because they're still. You know, they ins people that are playing them then look at the artwork and go, oh, so that's what it looks like. But then he was saying that it was kind of cool how technology progressed and now you get his artwork in the Final Fantasy games. So he's done them like for, for, for donkey's years. He's called Yashitako Amano and uh, he's, he's absolutely fantastic. And I was watching something on him just the other day, which is why it came up. And his artwork is now in the Final Fantasy games pretty much as his artwork was meant to be. Uh, and it started off kind of squished and pixely and then progressed into the beautiful stuff that Final Fantasy games, some of them can be absolutely beautiful. And that's kind of a, a good art style that technically has stayed the same for his original work, but in the video game has had to slowly evolve to yeah. keep up, to, to catch up, sorry. That was in that um, high school series, I think. It was it? in the high school series, yes, yeah, yeah. I think, the third, third episode. So. I, was, I was trying to find a good example, like a comparison image or something to show one to the to see his original to what it looked like in the original games but there, there isn't one <laughs> i can't i can't think what artwork you're actually talking about to be honest with you. um any, any of the oh no <laughs> no no that's fair that's fair that comment it's amazing artwork actually okay. i'm gonna agree with color on that yeah for, for people on the audio podcast, yes. yeah. Cole held up a Cuphead cup. Yes. <laughs> Cuphead with the old 1930s art, uh, style. Yeah, the I first time it. I saw that, I was, and it was at the time an Xbox exclusive, and I was yeah. like, man, I'm just going to buy an Xbox One for this one game, <clears throat> just for this Cuphead game. And years later, yeah, it, uh, man, it it met all of my expectations when it came yeah. to art. I've, I've yet never, to play the game, but I love it. I love the artwork. It is super difficult, but I think yeah. you'd enjoy it. I think you have the type of you have the type of personality that would keep trying, and that's what you need. You need to be okay with dying a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know a little bit I, of it. I know I'm odd, but I hate <laughs> the artwork in Cuphead. But really, yeah, no. Um, you know, some people look at loads of eyes, and it makes them scared and feel pukey. Mm -hmm. I look at the the, the constant movement type thing i'm bouncing up and down in my chair right. for the audio podcast right now it makes me want to puke <laughs> i hate it i, I, I despise what that, it that's called <laughs> I, I think it's just called a dislike for that's shit old, that doesn't stop moving old film phobia yeah the, the, but i agree that the artwork is unique and it's not really been done has it since the 1920s really pretty much pitch, yes. pitch. You, you like mickey mania that kind of touches on it for part of the game yeah pitch yes you have chirophilanosophobia. 
<laughs> I'm not afraid of it. I just don't like it. It makes me want to puke. It's like it's constantly at sea, but but nothing else is moving. It's weird. It kind of reminds me of um, some of this. So I went when I went to a show, and they um, it had some of the developers from uh, Alien Isolation um, talking about how they built the game to look like the original Alien films yeah. and the original sets. But past that, to things like um, the cutscenes and how they, you know, recorded stuff onto actual VHS to get the kind of tracking problems and all those sorts of things. Fascinating how they do those sorts of things. But that's the kind of, that that art will hold up because yeah. in the future because they they've made it look identical to what it would have looked like in in like the seventies, basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's a, a challenge for modern artists to go, what's what? You, how can you make this timeless? Um, I think it's easier now than possibly it was in the past because I, I, I don't think there's too much further we can go in terms of fidelity of art. Um, I mean, we'll 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 get a little bit further, but you get to the point now where you have to have. A screen as big as a room to actually see the difference. Yeah, <laughs> with yeah. the, the all, stuff, all we need so. to do now is beat the Uncanny Valley stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's that's. Absolutely. And and I I'm think... not even sure I want to go there. To be honest, I think I'd rather have pixel art. I oh, uh, pixel art. I think we I think we are going to get to the Uncanny uh or beat the Uncanny Valleys. Uh, sorry, but I think we're far off yet. Oh, we are. I, I look at stuff and I, I don't really, I, I use the term because other people do. I look at stuff and I'm like, you can't tell that's not real. What? Are you fucking blind? <laughs> I, 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 have... I see. I've never seen anything yet that makes me suffer from Uncanny Valley. I remember some years ago, I was playing, this is almost almost a callback here. I was playing uh, Pro Evolution Soccer on my PC uh, at Christmas and um and I'd set all the names, I'd set all the shirts correctly and all that stuff. I downloaded all the mods off the internet. And my granddad came up to my room and he said, oh, well, what game's on? Who are you watching? It's like, oh, I'm playing this. <laughs> he, he thought it was an actual match that I was playing. So it made me yeah. think, uh, it depends on your, um, people People have an eye for things. Yeah. And we, we'll look at things and go, that's not real. Um, yeah. But other people look at it and go, that looks that looks yeah. really so, real to me. You do become numb to it a little bit. I mean, I you play do. so much retro stuff. Whenever I go to a modern system and I, I I see Steph playing something new like Red Dead Redemption or something, I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> like, <laughs> really nice. Like, wow. What what are they doing here? <laughs> um, yeah. And it's funny because I've seen stuff, but I'm just not so exposed to it on the regular that it still regularly blows me away. I think I'm evolving backwards in that sense. I see older shit like, again, Sweet Golden 2, and I'm just like, that is amazing. I see modern shit and I'm just like, man, that looks like a Ubisoft game. I was expecting this to look crapper than it does. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe you just like... And maybe we've yeah maybe we've trained ourselves to be more appreciative than some mm-hmm. because we do hop around consoles and generations so much. Yeah, I, I think I think there's an there's an element that we have to consider now going forward in games, uh, as as Hitch kind of implied, is how real do we want things to look? Because at some point you you want you want to be in a game which has an art style attached to it and looks a certain way. Yeah, um, like modern games, like things like. Um, uh, near automata and things like that which have a very specific art style um yeah. so you can go into things like vr and stuff it's like actually i want this to look less real mm-hmm. um 
because I want to. I don't want to feel like I'm wandering around in a world. I want to feel uh, like I'm wandering around in a game world. It's escape. I actually want it to be as real as possible, just for what Hitch just said right there for escapism. Yeah. I want to be able to do things in a world I can't do with without breaking the law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the real world. If, if things look real as in Ready Player One, but they're obviously so far... I mean, in Ready Player One, you just walk onto another planet and you're fine, and then you're flying in a spaceship. That I can hack in realism. Realism. As long as the environment isn't... Well, no, the environment's real, but I, the situation isn't real. Yeah, I think hyper-realism then, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah hyper-realism. Yeah. But I think with the part where, like, the thing that I want with when it comes to realism, utter realism, I want to be able to, like, jump off a 747 jet with nothing but a wingnut suit. I'm not going to do that now. But <laughs> I want to do that and not have to think I might die from this. It's so funny. That's, that's that- what I want. It's one of the first things I did in Minecraft in VR when I got my Oculus dev kit is I like took all or I went into creative mode and I went to like the maximum height I could and I yeah. just like sky dove. You know? <laughs> there's, there's things I want to do in game engines when it, one day hopefully we'll get there where it's so real. It's like I've gone up to the top of the highest mountain and just jumped off. Speaking of yeah. realism and games, yeah. I saw a great clip today where it was just a guy and he'd run out of bullets in his AK and he just reached over to his mate's gun and pulled the magazine out the bottom and plugged it into his AK. That and kind of like, realism I can deal with. That, that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. As long as it's in an environment where I, I don't want to play a uh, bus simulator on the Dreamcast, but in a realistic environment in VR. You know, I don't, I don't want to play that. But you play American Truck Simulator. That's that's pretty much just delivering stuff. How many times? Ta- I, I, I don't drive. <laughs> I'm, yeah. not, I'm, not saying bad, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, by the way. I'm not saying yeah. it's a good game. But that's, I mean, that right there, it hasn't got the realistic graphics, hasn't got quite the real world stuff, but you're basically, you're, you're doing a day job. Yeah, Just but I, it's not my day job. It's a very unrealistic. I've never been to America. I never drove a big truck. Yeah. I, you know, it's it's not realistic to me. It might look realistic if people, somebody who drives a truck, they're like, "Why the fuck am I doing this in a video game too?" Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen. I know truck drivers play that game. I don't understand that. Yeah. I, I I want the realism. I want I want to not be able to tell the difference because I want that escapism. And like it's like I said, if I can go, I can go outside. Ten feet that way, there's a mountain in the forest. I can go out there into a forest right now, but I can't fight orcs in our forest, yeah. unfortunately. You know, so I can't. I, guess, I can't play Oblivion in our forest, and some people think I'm weird when I'm running around with a bloody sword. Like I, I guess pushing back to the original topic that Pixel said, realism is the one graphical standard if we ever achieve it that will always hold up. Yeah. I, How can I it not like, hold up? Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, I don't know if we will get there, but I do hope one day in my lifetime, at least. Yeah, I'd be happy <laughs> if if I could put AR goggles on, like glasses, and everything turns into really cool pixel art. That's my idea of realism. That's, that's oh, my that's, idea that's of real life. That's the Hololens. Completely <laughs> off 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 uh, what we are talking about currently, but on the topic, have you guys ever played three D dot game heroes on the? Uh, yes, I am. Nope. Very cool looking from the era. Yeah. It's kind of well, we nicknamed it Dick, Dick Zelda in my uh, friend group because you can make your own characters. And of course, my friends decided to make a walking dick. Um, but um, yes, you can make your own characters. Oh, out sorry, of like the stop. 
Got to stop you. It's done. Time is done. Danny stops on cola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, that's laughing, Dan. That's what you need to yeah, do. I know. Yeah. I can Nobody will go laughing with me, though. I'd go laughing with you. I th- I'm pretty, pretty sure all four of us would go laughing with you. Three yeah, of us. Not? Sorry. I'm doing that. Magic missile. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't it. think that's laughing. I think laughing is swords and shit. Swords. <laughs> Right, uh, Dan, this is going to be interesting because he doesn't really have a topic because it's Dan. I do, right? No, I do know what I'm going to talk about. Sorry. Okay, Dan. I don't need to research my stuff. Are you, you hope. Are you ready? Are you I ready? I didn't need to research. <laughs> Go, you got 30 minutes. Um, I want to talk about the games as a service. We've sort of touched upon it in the first place. And, yeah, and Game Pass. Uh, years ago, when they started doing uh, games of service, I, I was fully against them, and I thought, why would I want to pay like seven ninety nine a month to play games when I can just buy them? But these days, I'm the complete opposite. When it comes to games of service, I think they I think they're a good thing because the, there's games now which will come out like they'll be fifty quid or forty quid, and you you could buy them, but then. It could be shit. You don't know. Or you could look uh, look up uh, the game on YouTube and you might, oh, it might look good. I think I'll get that. Then you buy it and it turns out to be shit. But with Game as a Service, I'm paying $7.99 for, a, for, for the same game and I could play it eight hours, nine hours. And I think, all right, I've had enough of that. That's the end of that. Cancel my subscription. Can we? Can I I'm quickly not... clarify that that's not really Games as a Service? Games as a Service is where you pay to play a game that you already own, for one thing. And you to continue yeah. to play it, you have to keep paying to play it. Well, no, that's World you, of Warcraft. I don't know about World of Warcraft, but it's 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 like Destiny, Destiny Two. You know, if you don't keep paying to play it, you can't play with your mates because they've got content that you can't access. I don't think that's games as a service. That's just DLC content. No, that's just games as a service. Is where you have to keep paying to keep playing the game no, that you already own. You're you're, you're talking about game passes, which is. Not games as a service. It's, no, no, it's, I'm it's I, kind I, of game rentals. Uh, yeah, I suppose it is. But to me, games as a service is Netflix. It's Netflix for gaming. That's where I see it as, and that's what you know. That's what likes the Game Pass is. Um, what well, I can't remember where other ones do it now. All of them. Everybody. There's a lot of different game subscription services. Yeah, yeah. subscription yeah. service. Sorry, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I'm probably yeah, saying yeah. it wrong there. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, the game yeah, Microsoft Game Pass. Uh, the, there's a PlayStation One, I believe. Uh, yeah, PS uh, No. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Play, uh, yeah. You, Ubisoft, like, like Antstream. Yeah. and yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm all for them now. I used to be against them, but I'm all for them. I think I think they're the best thing to happen to games, if you ask me, because you can try games for eight quid a month. If you don't like them or if you don't fancy playing games, just cancel it. Yeah, and do it. And what the way I do it, I play a, play a game I really want to play. I play d- to death. Then I'll cancel the sub two months or three months later. A new game will come. Oh, I want to try that. I'll sign up again. I think it's great. Yeah. EA Play, Logan says, Ubisoft yeah. Plus. They've just they released that like last year, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I, you could say Stadia, but they make you pay for the game as well. As well as the Stadia is the worst example uh, of a subscription service ever. It's, it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. But, um, Stadia makes no sense. I don't think even Google thinks Stadia makes... I don't think Google know what even Stadia is, to be honest. I don't yeah. think they've ever known. But um, what what do you lot think of the uh, subscription services, I should have said, not games for a service? I'm I'm 
agree on them. Um, I think that I don't think you can compare it to like Netflix because whilst many people, myself included, will watch a movie many, many times, um, most people watch a movie once or twice and a movie tends to last for 90 minutes on average. Um, so three hours, you could watch it twice. If you rent a game through a game subscription service like Game Pass and then cancel after three hours, you are not going to have finished 95% of games. Um, I feel that Netflix, you can cancel at any time, which makes it a good service because you can just watch it. Okay, there's nothing coming up on Netflix that I fancy this month. I'm just going to cancel it and I'm going to buy myself a couple of beers instead. It's not that much, but whatever. Uh, whereas if you then go and cancel, say, Microsoft Game Pass, um, unless you've finished the games that you were playing, you're screwed until you go and then pay for it again. So whilst you can try games, and it's good for that, it seems like an awful expense to try games instead of playing games to the completion. I think I think that's where Antstream does quite well. Yeah. Because 90% of the games on there are games that you're going to play for just like half an hour or an hour or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are some longer games on there, but it's a lot more because it's a lot of really retro stuff. It's, it tends to be a lot more piecemeal stuff. So you can play a game and get as much as you want to get out of it for half an hour or an hour and yeah. not have to, um, uh, uh, not, not get that kind of, I need to keep paying for this or I'm going to lose my save game, basically. The yeah. thing with the, uh, you can kind of, I agree, I, I see what Hitch means when you say, you know, you might not enjoy those three hours and you cancel it, you got wasted that basically. But I I know if I go into like Game Pass or EA Play or something, like I, for example, um, EA Play, I signed up to that a few years back because I wanted to play Mass Effect Andromeda. I didn't want to pay for that because it came out buggy as shit. I was getting bad reviews, but I still wanted to really play it. And I ended up playing it about three years later and I ended up loving it on the EA Play. And yeah. there's like, there's games, if I see a game on like say Game Pass or EA Play or something or what the other ones, I'll usually know that if I don't enjoy this in three hours, there's about 50 odd other games I can try on that pass. Yeah. You know, so I, so for me, it's always like, it's, it's always, um, it's not a bad thing if I pay set the, like it's $4.99 for one of them or $7.99 for a sub. Uh, I'll know I'll have a selection of games I can play, and, and if I cancel that, I'll still have that month left of play to play time. So, yeah. I, th I think the the bar to entry is lower on those sorts of things because it it allows you to, um, you know, you, you, I think we've all had the experience where someone goes, "Oh, let's play some Call of Duty or whatever the game is," and someone goes, "I haven't bought that yet," so they're going to yeah. go out buy buy it. Whereas with the service. They can with a subscription service. They can just go. Well, I have I have all the games. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll I'll play that with you, uh, even if it's a game that you you wouldn't want to invest in otherwise. Yeah. And I, I, as with all subscription services, whether so I I I I'm in at the moment, but I, I subscribe to cinema, so I can I can uh, go to the cinema whenever I want and watch whatever whatever film I want, which means I watch films that I possibly wouldn't normally yeah, pay exactly. out to watch. Um. Yeah. But you've got to you've got to pair, pair it against how much you would have paid otherwise. Yeah, cost, so if you're paying eight, eight, quid, eight quid a month, yeah, if you're paying eight quid a month if you only buy one game a year, then you're going to spend some some more on that service. Yeah, um, than you are on the uh, 
on on just buying games, but well, you'll get more games to play. So it's, it, there's a lot of balance. Yeah, I think I think for me, I haven't quite got over that hump of having to pay every month for. for I already pay for so many subscription services. I pay for Netflix. I've got Amazon yeah. Prime, and I've, I've got AntStream, and um, probably other things I've forgotten about. <laughs> and I've subscribed to Twitch channels and stuff as well. Um, and um, uh, and I look at I look at like EA Play. I look at Game Pass. It's like oh, I don't want to. I don't want to get sunk into yet another subscription that I'll forget to cancel, and then uh, and then I'll be paying every every month, and I won't realize that my outgoings are slowly going up and up and up every every month with all these. All I, these I know what you mean, and like like I said, the the good thing about that mind is you can cancel them, and mm-hmm. like the reason why I like this. I always go back to this Alien Colonial Marines. I paid £55 when I first came out <laughs> on day one. And I sold it two days later for half price. Yeah. No, I, that never happens anymore because of those no. game services. But, but before this goes off the screen, I want to raise the issue that Emma raised. Um, the main One of the main problems, I have a couple of problems with Game Passes, but one of the ones that Emma's talking about is also one of mine, is that you get locked in. Um, so if you, for example, we're all retro gamers, you know, all those games behind me and behind you guys and everything else. If that was a subscription service, then the same as the subscription service. Now you would no longer be playing that game right now, unless you have been paying for that subscription service for 30 years. Chances of that subscription service lasting 30 years is extremely slim. Um, or the rest staying in that same place for yeah, 30 years. Yeah. So Everything that you are playing now, you are on a game subscription service instead of buying it, you can no longer play it in a few years' time unless you're still locked in to that same service, which is unlikely to exist because look at any service by Google. Um, That's that's Google. (laughs) It's the same for all of them. They all die. Every single one of them dies or changes hands, as Cola says. When they change hands, the IP owner goes, but we don't like you. We're going to keep these rights ourselves now. So that game's gone. Happens with Steam when you're buying games. You know, you can still access it, but you can't access it if you're a new person because it's no longer for sale on there. So it's no longer for rent on a Game Pass. So you will never, ever... They they literally are going to lock you behind a paywall to keep content and when that paywall disappears, what happens to the game? We can all say it gets released into the public, but the chances are it doesn't. That's why well, allgames.coms exist. The good thing the good thing with these uh, right now, at least anyway, the good thing with these Game Pass is that those games do exist out in the wild. Yeah. Every single game on those Game Passes, you can you can go to a different system and buy them 50 quid. Yeah. Is there anything that uh, has an exclusive just to the streaming service? Is, uh, is there any? the one the ones which they they weren't before, but then then they were is the the later Mass Effect games. You, I think, you can only buy them on EA Play right now. You can't you used to be able to buy them on Steam, not anymore. Um, that's as much as I can think of, to be honest. With you. I'm sure there's more, but going think- on. Going on what um, Emma was saying, I agree that if you're locked into something, you're buggered. You have to pay that seven ninety nine. Um, I, I what I have done, mind the, the few times I've uh, when I've played a game on the Game Pass or EA Play, I thought I want to buy that, so I've gone and bought it. I've gone and bought it outright. It's, it hasn't happened that much, but like say about three or four games over the last couple of years, 
I've played it on one of those game passes and I thought, oh, that's really good. I want to buy that because next month I'm going to cancel this sub because I'm only going to play that one game. So I'm going to buy that. And yeah, so I, I think I worry about where we're going to end up. And you're seeing it with this with um, video streaming services at the moment is that all, all the different companies start going, oh, I can get a piece of this. So they're pulling the content into all the different streaming services, and you've got Netflix, and you've got Amazon, and you've got Hulu in America, you've got HBO Go. They've all got their own services. It's like, right, am I going to have to subscribe to like 17 different things? Yeah. And I can see games going that way as well, and all yeah. the different companies. I mean, that, the big that, companies are already doing it. With yeah, that, and stuff. that is a worry. What I will say, mind, is what you sort of alluded to with your cinema pass. Mm-hmm. There are games and movies on Netflix, which I would never, ever have played or watched, ever, unless mm-hmm. it was for those game passes. And I thought, oh, this is a really good game. How, could I, how come I never played this before? You know, it's like, so that's the good part I see of those. Which is good. But again, when you lose that game pass, you're never going to play that again. Whereas the cinema, and, and you probably haven't finished it. Most most people who play Games Pass use it just like you've used. Try a game. Okay, I'll try this game now. I'll try this game. When I say try a game, I don't mean I try it and I play it and I leave it there. I, you know, there's a lot more. I keep my I my subs, like, same on stream. I, I keep them going because yeah. I know I'm going to play something but, on it. But, but yeah. most people do use it as that. They try yeah. a game, try a game, yeah, try a game. They get a very diluted experience. They don't enjoy any games. Yeah, yeah. Most people. I use them for. They're very, very temporary services where I'm trying something out. Yeah. Uh, or you know, if somebody the the aspect that Pixels talked about, like somebody wants to play a multiplayer game and it's on Game Pass, should I buy the fifty dollar game or should I buy the five dollar Game Pass to play with my friends the one time that they're probably going to play? Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, we've all. We've all got suckered into, oh, we'll play this game a ton together. And then, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that. a, that's what I mean. You know, you, you can either, I've, I've done it. Like you said, I've absolutely done this. I've seen a game. I thought that looks cool. I can play with everyone, all of my friends. I've mm-hmm. paid 50 quid for it. I've enjoyed about one hour. I thought, this is a bit boring. I don't want to play it anymore. And then that 50 quid's gone. But but most of the games that I play personally, and I suspect most of the games you play personally that you play with mates don't cost 50 quid. We wait until we're in sales. That was just an arbitrary price. What I'm saying is a full price game. I mean, it's like Flight Simulator, like Microsoft Flight Simulator. I didn't know if I was going to like that. uh, And it was one of those things where I was like, well, it was cool for the time that I tried it out, but uh, I'm kind of glad I didn't buy it because I don't think I would have put the time for it, right? Yeah. I, I, have, I have a question. Um, so you get, a, you get a Game Pass, whatever. You can play whatever games you want. How do you feel that affects the value of that game? Not in monetary value, but the value to, the value to yourself. Does I, th- it become I think it undervalues value? it. Yeah, hmm? it lowers it. It undervalues everything I've ever played on a Game Pass is undervalued. I, I agree. I, I have agree no investment that. in it. It's it becomes it's just, more disposable. Yeah. It can yeah. definitely do that. Especially, yeah. especially well, I, I know it's a problem for me and it happens with a lot of a lot of things where I have entire full sets or libraries. It's just a problem with libraries to a certain extent, is the the paralyzation of choice. Like yeah, what what do I even pick? Yeah. Like there's so much crap here that I want to play, and it's like, well, what do I even pick? Yeah. Um I, I do agree with you. Uh, where it does sort of like they do become disposable but at the same time i'm going back to where 
um, like in the old days, if you buy a game or some, most people, they'd buy a game, £50, and it would be a bag of shit. But they'd keep on playing it because they paid £50, even though it's boring and shit. And if someone asks you, what's like, it's really good. I paid £50 for it. It's shit, really. But it's really good because I paid for it. You know, that's, that's, you get no buyer's remorse with games. And yet but... I have more <laughs> memories of doing that with retro games. And that game, despite Zillion on Master System, I hate it. I can't stand it. I play, that's all I had to play for three months. So I played it anyway. I have more memorable, joyful memories of hating that game than I do of anything <laughs> from a Game Pass. Only no, Hitch can say joyful memories of hating something. It, it's true. <laughs> because even though I look back and I'm like, I will never play that game again. I played it. I know I played it. I got experience out of it. I got enjoyment out of it. I got my value for it out of it. With Game Pass, I have none of that. It's just not there for me. I don't buy games at full price as either. So that's. I that's don't the either. No, well, I, ne I never did back then to... either. You know this concept of oh, we paid fifty pounds for games, but no, we didn't. We paid fucking twenty <laughs> quid. We we waited until they were on, on sale. Yeah, the, um, the odd once or twice I've paid full time in the last uh, full price in the last couple of years, but yeah, I'm the same. But yeah, yeah. So, but I don't get buyer's remorse from a game pass. So, so, I think yeah. it also depends on the system. No, I, think... I don't feel bad either. Of, yeah. of, I mean, I think that's part of it. Is it is a lower barrier to entry, and it's so cheap right now that yeah. it's kind of like, well, why not? You can turn it on and off for a little while. I think if it was more expensive, it might be harder. PS. PS Now is a perfect example of that. I, don't, I haven't subbed to it for a couple of months because I'm not playing it right now. But when that first came out, that was $15.99 or $16.99, which was too much. I didn't. I thought, I'm not paying that. And then two or three years later, they dropped that to $7.99. I thought, right, I'll try it. And I played, that's where I first played Uncharted 4. Yeah. And I, I loved all it. I still play it now and again, but I've obviously canceled it right now. But no doubt I will sub back up to it uh, at some point. I had the opposite experience. I paid $1 again to get Game Pass back. I, I got Game Pass when it first came out, like Dan did and like yeah. maybe all of us did. Um, <clears throat> and I found that I thought it was a waste of money, even for a dollar. Um, and then I bought it again for Microsoft Flight Sim to install Flight Sim to find out it just crashed my computer instantly. And it was a waste of a dollar. And I, I wasn't interested in trying any of the, the games out, and that's the kind of thing I was going to talk about. It depends on the Game Pass. I have one it, Game Pass, and it's not Microsoft Game Pass because I don't like Microsoft games. Uh, most of them I find very, very boring, which is why I don't like Xbox. I'm not interested in Gears of War. I'm not interested in Forza. I'm not interested in the modern Halos. It's not just Microsoft games on it. I know, but I do spend money on uh what used to be ea origin and is now ea yeah. play because it's 25 dollars, which is fuck all in our money it's like 10 pence um okay it's, it's 200 knock <laughs> for a year uh now monthly that works out exactly <clears throat> perfect for me because i often forget i've got it I, I very rarely remember it's there i go to buy a game and i'm like let me just check i don't have it on here and that's when i boot up origin I, for the first that time that is a good deal that is a good um, deal so if it's disposable like Origin, which has a lot of EA games, which I never play, but it does have Madden, which I do, uh, going back to the first uh, conversation, uh, but it has a lot of independent games. It also has a lot of retro games on it. It has uh, Westwood Studios Command & Conquer. It has all 16 games and things like that. So 
that to me is worth it. Microsoft Game Pass is not worth it. It's boring. I'm um, I'm not sub to Microsoft right yeah. now. I'm not. You, Ubisoft would be the same for me, by the way. I'm not just picking on Microsoft. Ubisoft yeah. games. I'm not going to play a Game Pass to play Far Cry 12. Fuck off. I got bored at Far Cry 3. <laughs> you know. Uh, and I think I think the problem that I have with it is the problem I have whenever I buy a new game is you've got that guilt inside you going, I've got hundreds of games. Why do I need to why do I need to buy a game pass? I already yeah. <laughs> I already had that guilt with Steam years ago. <laughs> yeah. but, but I will counter that and say if you're a new you're a new gamer, if you're if you're if I'm like a you know, a ten year old kid or something, I don't own any games at all. If my mom can go out and buy a PlayStation and a PlayStation now and suddenly I have I have access to this whole world of gaming, which I didn't have before. And that's, that's actually a really good uh, thing for, for Game Pass. I'll, I'll counter that if you're on PC. Just pirate the goddamn thing. If you like no, it, buy no. it. <laughs> if you don't like it and you paid a dollar a month for Game Pass because you go in the deal, trust me, the devs are getting no money out of that whatsoever. Um, go out and buy the game if you like it. If you don't like it, pirate it. It's not an issue. Most devs and publishers give a shit if you pirate their game as long as you like it you buy it um there's so many some... loopholes to go through with pirating i can't be asked Pi- pirating <laughs> is a service problem pirating is a service problem you can't get it so you go and pirate it it's as simple as that uh that's the other reason i don't like game pass and even origin is that it's you know oh i've got to be in microsoft's universe to play this genre of game like halo i've got to be in so-and-so's universe to play this genre of game Far Cry. I've got to be, you know, if the Game Pass, if they all said, okay, let's have a Game Pass, let's put exclusives on our own, but then let's also mix and match various titles from other people that were exclusives, maybe gone, say, a year old, then I'd, I'd invest in maybe a Game Pass. But they don't. They stay on one thing. So you always, I'm always playing Microsoft games. They, they do actually have quite a good uh, library. I'm not, I'm not saying Game Pass in general, but um, oh, what's that bloody game that came out? Couple of months back, where you you're the alien going around eating people. The uh, carrion, carrion that was on um, the Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, it's on. Um, I, it's on Origin as well, I think. I don't know, but yeah, that's where I first played it, yeah. and I uh, you know that's I I was going to buy it, and I thought, oh look, it's it's gone up on Game Pass day one. But, but any exclusive from Microsoft, unless you keep paying them, you're <laughs> never going to play. Oh, Microsoft's different because it's also on PC. Yeah, yeah. But if, if you want to play a Ubisoft game that's on Game Pass and it's not on anything else, uh, they're going to keep it to Game Pass. Microsoft are going to do the same with, with, with some Microsoft games. At some point, it's going to be just on Game Pass. Sony PlayStation do it with their exclusives. It's just on PSN. Um, PS4. Yeah, there's, there needs to be... It's, it's too, you're too locked in. You're too tied down. You never get to experience stuff. What you do get to experience, I think we've all agreed, is a kind of a watered-down experience. I also agree with what Lolkin says. Um, there's the pressure of feeling, I've paid for this, I have to use it. Yeah. I've had that with, um, with um, my cinema pass. Yeah. Sometimes I'm busy. <laughs> I've got lots of stuff to do. I haven't got time to go to the cinema. And I get to the end of the month thinking... Well, that's fifteen quid. I just wasted, and yeah. and and and, uh, and the gym subscription, which I never actually go to the gym for. Yeah. I'm paying for it every month. Like I'm, I'm, not said, there. I, I'm, I'm the opposite of that, man. I'm the opposite of that because, like I said, when I used to pay fifty pound for a game, I'd play it because I paid fifty pound. 
because I've paid seven nine. No, I'll cancel it. I don't want to play it. It's uh, like Netflix. I've had, I've bought Netflix for the last ten bloody years. I can go for a year without watching anything on that quite easily. I still pay for it. One because my mother has an account on it as well. But you know, it's like so. It, I I'm the opposite where I don't feel forced to play something because because I've subscribed to a month's worth. Yeah. Yet when I had a game for fifty quid, right, and I paid fifty quid for this, I'm going to play it. Alien Colonial Marines, like I said, I go back to that. I play. I completed the game because mm-hmm. I was so furious. I paid fifty quid for it. I but still completed it. I think it's also Alien different. Alien Colonial Marines has ruined dancer. Yeah, <laughs> it's ruined everybody's. I think. <laughs> I think it's different with Netflix in that if it's in a household, at least with more than one person, it's everybody uses it. You know, you can have many accounts. Yeah. Look, I think it's like eight on the family account, which we have something like that. Yeah. So there's always, even if you're not using it for a year, your wife's using it. If your wife's not using it, your daughter's using it, you know, or somebody yeah. that's in your house that maybe lives in a different country, but is in your house, according to Netflix. <laughs> not that we've ever done that, Netflix. No, <clears throat> no never. No one ever does. <laughs> um, my parents definitely don't use my Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas something like Game Pass, you use it. But only you use it, you know. If if somebody else wants to use it, they have to have their own. If you're logged in at the same time, it very often says no. You know that's not going to happen. This is yeah, illegal. But... We're going to kick away your account now. Thank you very much. But that's that's what I mean about um, you. You feel forced to play it. Like I said, um, for me, the seven ninety nine. If I lose seven ninety nine because I don't like a game, fine. If I lose fifty quid because I don't like a game, that pisses me off. Yeah. You know. So that's that's the part I see of it. Yeah, I mean, I think all, all we what we really got from this is that there's good points and bad points, like everything. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's never going to be uh, but, um, stuff to the table. But I mean, I think what we've we've all agreed on to a certain extent is we're kind of all a little over having to pay eight billion subscriptions. <laughs> and I think, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is well, and it's even worse on the console space because you have to pay for the privilege to play online. Yeah, that's and disgusting. so you have that. And it's like, okay, when is the sandwich of me giving you money going to end? Like, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And I will say something I want to see from these passes. I, I know it's not in their best interests because they effectively lose money, but it's a customer service issue. I want to see them uh, have an option to say, I want this for the next month and I don't want you to auto renew it at the end. I, yeah. just, I just want a month's worth and yeah. I don't want to have to remember to do it. Because I have the same problem with Twitch. Because sometimes you just sort of say, "Hey, this is a pretty good stream. I want to chuck them a sub for a month," and then you have to remember to go in and cancel your subscription yeah. before yeah. it auto renews the next month, which is yeah. rubbish. I, I agree with that. King Nox just said something similar. To that. Whereas the Prime sub doesn't work the opposite way when everybody wants it to work the opposite way, but they don't want you to have it to work the opposite way because they want you to give actual money and not Prime money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do, I do think in the Game Pass side of it as well, Microsoft are being complete bastards and managed to somehow persuade people that theirs is the best service, which it really isn't. Um, I disagree with that. But, but that, that, that's, that's the point, isn't it? There's no Microsoft games I want to play. So, no, so, so to me, it's already. a terrible service. EA Origins, there's many EA games I don't want to play, which still are, it's, it's definitely the best of the Game Pass services. Um, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I I would because it's just twenty five dollars gone. There you go. It's over. Yeah. There's, there's no auto renewing on that. Too. I, mean, I, I don't know anything about that one. They're paid for. Yeah. Okay. So you can pay for the family plan, which I want to say is like 
25 or 30 bucks a year and i've got six people in my family <laughs> you know so that's, that's a bunch of switches that have access to their I online guess... play and uh they give you a selection of super nintendo and nes games as part of the pass yeah. i guess ps plus is that it's not really a it's not the same is it they, they no. do have free you know they have yeah. a game of the month that you can get and i'm sure you've utilized i think you utilize that a I, I do but I, I don't pay for so many games yeah. from that stuff uh, yeah. that stuff has gotten month after month over the years and that but i mean those those games largely become disposable but at the same time it's kind of funny because i'm like oh we own we have this game that we could play <laughs> like yeah. this is in our library because she's just been so diligent about it yeah we, I, I, I have that problem with, with steam anyway <laughs> Go on, go on. The best Game Pass I... service is um, Antstream, by the way. For anybody <laughs> no, I, I actually do think it really is because A, you can pay 50 bucks, 50 pounds a year, so you don't have to worry about cancelling. Um, and B, their games change constantly and they're not the kind of games where you feel like, pardon me, you're missing out. Because the retro games, I'm going to stop hiccuping in a second. So you can play them for two or three hours, and many of them align themselves to playing them for two or three hours. Plus, they have all the publishers, all the developers, all of the, well, not all of the systems, but many systems. So you're not stuck playing a Ubisoft game. You can play a Tato game, or an SNK game, or a, a Spectrum game, or an Amiga game, or a Commodore game, or an Atari game. So that's why, and that's how I think Game Pass services should work. So you can play will, all of the games. I will still say, um, I've had that problem with Steam in the past where I've gone, oh, that game's on, on sale. I'll get that. That's, that seems like something I'll have fun with. Click. You already own this game. It's like, I do? <laughs> when did I buy that? Yeah. <laughs> but I will I will say, one of the things I struggle with with the with the Microsoft Game Pass is Microsoft Games for Windows burnt me when, <laughs> when it was shoved into games before. And I find it hard to take a service from the Microsoft like that now. They've, yeah. they've taken my trust and they won't give it back. I want to raise what Stormbringer just said. Remember there are people with very low income where Game Pass mm -hmm. is a steal. I think you're wrong. I think there are people with a very low income where they're being ripped off by being persuaded that Game Pass is a steal. In reality, stop fearing FOMO. Stop having the fear of missing out. You do not have to play every single i've been in low income before and you know what when i did i bought a game every six months i go oh you know that's that's how normal people deal with it rather than this feeling that you're entitled to everything that's complete and utter bullshit and that is going to lead the world and already is leading the world into a shithole I'll, um, I'll back up Stormbreaker. I think yeah, I'd probably be on the Stormbreaker side because I would say it's like a, i look at it as like for those type of people it's the modern rental service I mean, that's what I know a lot of people did, you know, back in the day and still continue to do in areas that don't have internet. You know, they go and rent a game from the video store. I have no problem with going and renting a game. I got a problem with people saying that, you know, for low income people, it's a steal. If you've got that much low income people, then prioritize and stop playing fucking as many it, video it games as you think you're entitled to. I don't think yeah. they mean you're living on the streets. I think they mean, like, you know, they, they, got, they, they don't make the 10 
dollar uh, ten pound an hour or something they go i'd, I'd rather go out and buy a pair of shoes so i can work working and go and get a better yeah job. but then i don't think he's taught or she is uh, they're talking about that i think they just mean they want to play games they're not going to pay 50 quid they'd rather pay the 799 if you can afford eight quid a month you can save up for three months and buy a game on pc if you can afford the console that you are playing on then you can afford to go and buy a game on that console but you can pay eight quid a month and get hundreds of games. Exactly. But you're never going to get a chance to play. But you'll be able to play more than more than more than a third of a game if you're saying it's going to take three months to buy it. So. I refuse Stormbringer 100. You can have a downtime payment plan on Xbox Series X. You can, and if you want to get into debt over a console, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. Getting into debt over entertainment is not clever by any chalk. No. That's, um, that's that's too breadline. Yeah, that's that's just that's I just. Think you've got to be a little bit higher than that, but still not comfortable. Uh, every, everybody wants to go out and get everything that they want because they feel they're entitled to, and in Mr. ten years' Mr. time, Lockins, you're still paying it off. Mr. Lockins says a, a perfect example there. Same argument could be made for Anstream. I could save and get myself a pie. You can. There's a difference, <laughs> though. If you go and get a pie, you're pirating. So that depends whether you want to take the moral high ground or the moral low ground. I thought pirating was fine. Pirating's fine if it's a service problem because you, no. Pirating's fine if it's a service problem because you can't get the service with Antstream. You can get the service for very little money with going out and and buying one game every three months. It's not a service problem. You just got to pick and choose your game. Not having like every it. game that is available line. in the entire world. That's just entitlement. I'm I sorry. Think it's Fine line you're running if, there. If it, if it was any other subject that you felt strongly about, you would say, wow, that's entitled. Which video game, so you're okay I with I think it. it's a, I think it's a, I think there's just different options. I think that's what it comes well, down to. You could say, yeah. get one game. I just don't like the argument that, oh, I'm poor, I'll go and buy this instead. You've just bought a 500 pound Xbox. Mm -hmm. Why? If you're poor. But you might. Might not have been poor when you got the Xbox. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, then you're poor once you've bought. And then you're poor. No, no but yeah. you, you might have lost your job or something, and and you or you. Coming from a very low income area, I can tell you how the it tends to operate. It usually there's some sort of windfall, like a uh, tax return or something, and then that's what you buy the really really expensive thing with, and you're kind of just kind of staying afloat barely the rest of the time, right? I, I, uh, I, I it depends. Come, on I the come from a pit village during the miners' strike in the eighties. I know poor, and sometimes priorities seem very very wrong these days. Um, they can do. They can yeah. do. So I, I just don't like that argument that, you know, it's fine if you're poor. No, it's really not. Just save your goddamn money and do it properly. It's FOMO. That's all like it is. Like I said, though, I don't think they were, I don't think they're getting saying poor as in living on the streets or living on the bread line. I think they just mean they don't want to pay the top dollar for a game. And then that like, turns into entitlement. I want no, this console like now, so I'm going to pay like, monthly instead of I'll like, wait six months. Younger gamers like to play new games with their friends. I agree. Younger gamers, young. younger gamers can't even. The, the mum and dads are paying for it. Younger gamers <laughs> well, aren't paying for it at all. So, <laughs> but if if the if the uh, parents have low income, then I, yeah. I think there's definitely arguments for both sides of it. Yeah. And there's also free games on every single system out there. So having one there game to play for a month, that's bullshit too. There's, there's a shit ton of no. There's actually free games. Well, you know what I mean. Though. There's yeah. for the good deal of those. There's the catch we were talking about yeah. with microtransactions and other but, but other there, things where they do monetize it in some way or another. And very often, 
Dan goes out and buys a fifty pound game, plays it, no, realizes no. it's shit. I'd rather play the free game, to be honest, because at least then I didn't waste fifty quid if it's shit. So there are other options out there. Don't put yourself in debt just to play a video game. That's dumb. That's just I dumb. I don't, I don't it is dumb. I agree that is dumb. I'm not sure that's what they're talking about. Yeah, that that's came kind up. of a side, that, 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 kind that, of a side that, point. That, that, came <laughs> up, that, that came up. You can pay for it monthly. That's putting yourself in debt to play a video game. Playing and stuff. There's no, it's not 50-50. It's, no it's, it's not maybe no it's this, maybe it's that. The people who have a couch and a TV and everything else on a monthly payment plan. And, and I, I, I know people like that too. <laughs> so do I. And it's and I've been in that debt. And it's much better when you don't yeah. get yourself in that debt. I'm speaking from a guy who's made all these mistakes. I've been the idiot. Uh, I'm advising people to not be the well, idiot and to see that. beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the bus went off like 10 minutes ago. Oh, I, 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 you're looking at your wrist. Yeah, um, no, it, it was buzzing away. So. Wow, we so got told I had a topic. You did, we you did. And, and as usual, it ended up as the most bitterest one we could talk about. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just glad we got from the first subject where we were all depressed. And then we yeah, got through some, yeah. some things that made us a bit happier, and so, then we got angry. So what we've learned from this is um, publishers are going to kill video games. It's dead, just, just RIP. Um, video game video styles are cool. What did you talk about, Cole? Weird games. Weird games. Weird, weird games are funky, and weird does not necessarily mean throwing asses with frying pans and 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 things like that in your video game. And uh, game passes are very divisive. <laughs> um, I pay for EA Origin. That's all I pay for. So I will say, man. this was a good idea. Yes. Yes. Yeah, this was this. Yeah, we uh, we ran the game. Sure. And, and uh, I insulted definitely. at least three people in my chat, and I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. It's just an opinion. They're <laughs> used to it, partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you come here for if you don't come here for opinions, then you're certainly on the wrong podcast. I'll tell you that yeah. right now. Um, but I still love you all, except for you. You're an idiot. And yeah, I'm not going to tell you. I'm pointing out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nobody in chat is that at all. Animal behind you, uh, Dan. It, it is. It is. He's always been there. Yeah. He, he moves occasionally. He does move. He, he stars in scary movies. That's Funny scary. enough, I watched a horror film today about a ventriloquist dummy which uh, moved and killed people. book, <laughs> <laughs> Night of the Living Dummy. Yeah. Those were all the rage in the 90s. Uh, yep. All right, guys, thank you very much for being here. This was the Hitching Post podcast. Go! Because we all had 30 minutes to talk about a subject. This may well come back. I feel this may I well come back. I, yeah. I like the 30 minutes subject, but I think we should have like, right, your 30 minutes is up, you have a cool down period. No, no, it's, yeah, got, it's, I, got, it's got to end. It's just got to end. Because there's some stuff a few of us wanted to say, and you know, no, the buzzer's gone. Couldn't. I think maybe the person who's talking when the buzzer goes off gets to finish their point and then yes. carry on. Yeah. I think that'd be good. I agree otherwise that you one. get halfway through a story and then you lose the end of the story. I can see that one, but there should there should be like a two minute like. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. thing. At some point, I have to put a limit on it. So why not just keep the limit as it is? It's thirty minutes. That's it. Like, <laughs> thirty says, minutes. No, no finish. Only discuss. <laughs> Finland is not shaped like hot dog. You want to discuss things? Discuss a game that I'm hoping to stream soon next week called Gay Blade. Um. 
if you've watched a certain uh, documentary, you may know about it. Gayblade is an action role-playing video game. The first one to do with LGBT-themed subjects. Oh, I did hear about that. Um, yeah. And I think I found a working version. Oh, that game. Yeah, I remember that. I think I found a working version, so I'm going to play it, and I'm going to attempt to beat houses of um, representatives and explode them in America, <laughs> because that's what happens at the very end. Um, <laughs> yes. It's... Uh... Is Joe um, on the band list? I don't think it is. It is what? Sorry, Joe Aniki, uh, the shmup. Have you ever heard of Joe Aniki? I've heard it's, of it. Uh, lots of muscly uh, uh, dudes with not much clothing. Uh, <laughs> Why not? It's a shmup. Why not? It's a pretty interesting. Hey, shmup. if you're skinny dudes out there oh. with not much clothing, you're okay too. So, uh, oh, well, I pick some. Pixels is going there after the stream. <laughs> well, that's okay. I'm going Gayblade next week, so well, stay yeah. tuned. <laughs> uh, hey, Crafting Oka, welcome to the stream. Unfortunately, we're about to stop the stream. Um, I do oh, not mean to insult people when I get... <laughs> Are you sure? Combative. <laughs> but I'm not I, sure that's always the case. <laughs> I, I, I do firmly believe that no, I don't, people take insult. I don't give insult. There is a difference. <laughs> if, if people turn to me and say, oh, who cares? You're a, you know, whatever type thing. I'm just going to say, they go, man. okay, okay, whatever. Fine. It's all right. You know, you don't <laughs> have to take insult. But I do enjoy an active discussion. And I think this one's one of the oh, best ones we've right. had, to be honest, um, <laughs> on four very different subjects. So, uh, guys, start thinking about your subject because uh, a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll claim I'm going to make a list and then I won't. And I'll think it at the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dan will come in and say, Thought of mine in oh, the shower yeah. this morning. <laughs> yeah. um, Thought of mine last night by asking Emma to please desperately help me pick a subject to talk about. <laughs> Um, and this one, and mine came up with the take two. So I was like, okay, I can do that. I can do that. I, I can talk till someone stops me. So it's, it's fine. When Which is why it ends at 30 minutes. That's exactly <laughs> I <know>. why. <laughs> I didn't sit there and think to myself, hmm, okay, when am I going to be able to stop cola and pixels? Probably. Am I going to be able to stop those oh, 30 minutes? There we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 30 minutes for me, 30 minutes for cola, yeah. 12 minutes for Dan. <laughs> 12 minutes and an 18-minute rant. Um, <laughs> right, okay, we're going to go. Good night, guys. Thank you very much. Good night, guys. Uh, I'm going to hang up Thank and you. do all the things. I will see you later. Bye-bye from the Hitching Post podcast. Go! Done. Go. That sounds stupid. Go! Go! Go, go. go away. <laughs> <laughs>